Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. We are going to now hear from some of Kevin Warren. The stadium stuff, what he's talking about in terms of the location and the lakefront. One good thing about Chicago, you know, we need to make sure that it's, it's close to the lakefront because I think that's what brings it all together. I always think about, you know, those money shots of Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football. Just a breathtaking view of the skyline here. Mm, it is, Jim. Money shot is, uh, in general, just a term for any kind of film. I don't know if anybody <laughs> went to a specific kind of film, but I was able to confirm that money shot uh, really yeah. relates to any uh, film, video, television broadcast, or even print publication. Yeah, that makes That's sense. That's a fun movie. Yeah, yeah, good, <laughs> good, good research by you. It's an, it's an industry term. Soldier Field, Chicago, Illinois. Here comes the money shot. A view from... Lake Michigan. Chris in Oak Park. Chris, what's up, man? You're on Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Speaks for your sake, I hope you erase your uh, search history so it doesn't say that you were looking up what a money shot was. I will. Going to life today. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. Let's not get a comfortable. You know, those money shots. <laughs> Any film. Any film at all. You know? A, a video. Careful. All right, all right. All right. Uh, of any kind. <laughs> Who knows what it, he's going to say next? And all that's going to come up is Yeah, all that's going to come up is Wikipedia and on my searches. It's the only Somebody's thing. reading Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, thank you. I'm not a complicated man. I like cinema. That's just something that I enjoy. Call me crazy, call me a pervert. But there's one little thing that I want to do in this life, and that is I want to make a dollar and a cent in this business. You know, those money shots. One Two, three, and here, here we, we go. go, Jim. Here we go. Here we go, Jim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Good to get that Boogie uh, boogie Nights clip in there. Right. At the end, Spiegs. Oh, Philip Baker Hall as Floyd Gondoli. Let's go. One of the great, building to that moment. Oh, one of the great scenes of all time. Him and Burt Reynolds discussing the the fate of the uh, the industry, if you will. It's a fun I movie. Be- it is a fun movie. I believe <laughs> I believe I have this right that Leonardo DiCaprio was between that and Titanic. Wow. Yeah. And Wahlberg took it instead. Uh, I think Leo took Titanic. Leo, t- yeah. 
The yeah. Yeah, 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 right. So Wahlberg gets Boogie Nights. I wonder yeah. if Leo would have had to use the prosthetic at the end. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Talk about a casting what if, though. Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. That's a, that's a divergent moment uh, in a career. Uh, I've never yeah, seen Leonardo DiCaprio at a sporting event all my life. <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh, Jared Payton in, in uh, a little over 10 minutes. We want to see you, though, next Wednesday at the Blue Cross Blue Shield performance stage. We have passes to give away. So if you're available to come hang out with the show, you want to come in, you got a take, or you just want to be there to see the takes fly, you want to make the case for Jaden Daniels, for Drake May, for Justin Fields, for Caleb Williams, you want to take a picture with the controversial uh, Caleb Williams jersey, you want to yell at me in person, all things possible if you call 312 540 0670-312-540-0670. Just uh, if you call, be sure that you can come next Wednesday. Callers uh, 4, 6, and 8 right now on the contest line have a shot at, uh, at coming to that event. That's awesome. And we also just found out that there's a way that you can um, enter for a possibility to win online. So oh. if you'd like, I know Shane will throw that link into the Twitch chat for our Twitch mob people if they want to come. And if you want to text uh, the show, if you're a texter, Text right now and say, hey, send us that link, and uh, we'll send it back to you. And you can enter for a chance to come and hang out for that show next Wednesday. That'll be a good time. So, I guess hockey players are pretty tough, huh? This kid's 18 years old. He broke his jaw January 5th, and he's going to play hockey tonight? Yeah, they're, they're, they're wired different, you know? I don't know. I don't get it. A bunch of weirdos. Yeah, it, it, it's, wired is a good choice Yeah, with a well, broken jaw. Yeah, exactly. Nicely done. They'll, they'll probably go and do that. I mean... I, I mean, Duncan Keith, I always think of Duncan Keith taking a slap shot off the face. Right. You know? And that slowing him down briefly. He came back in that game after taking the slap shot off the face and losing a big pile of teeth, inspiring Dan McNeil to write Duncan Keith and he's got no teeth. The so, ACDC parody. Yes, no, an, an excellent parody song in score history. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh oh. Duncan Keith and he's got no teeth. <laughs> he's got. I mean, he had no all teeth. Prof- all professional athletes are not like us, right? NBA players, you know, six eight with forty two inch vertical leap. Yeah. Run, run like gazelles. Uh, NFL offensive linemen that basically like do ballet and yoga poses. Right? Oh sure. J- just insane so which professional athletes are like us speaks your baseball players my golfers pitchers relief relief pitchers are as uh, that's as close as we can get but even them especially these days with the pitch clock and the hundred percent uh effort nature of the thing yeah maybe so maybe a junk ball starting pitcher zach grinky Right now, who remains available? I don't know if Chris Getz is aware that Zach Greinke is available, but don't tell him he'll be here. <laughs> I mean, that would actually make the White Sox season a lot more interesting, it wouldn't it? And, yeah. and 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 I could see it fitting as a half coach, half like you know, end of the rotation starter for a few innings. Go ahead, and you might as well. What the hell they have to lose? But that's right, what you want your end of the rotation starter to be able to give you a few innings. <laughs> I don't know much about it, but hey, I, think, I, think, I think the goal is more than a few innings. Danny, they need somebody to lose that fifth game. You know, okay. they don't have someone on staff just okay. yet yeah, who's we'll locked and loaded 
in that uh, it, 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 in in that spot. But that's that's the best I got right now is like junk balling starting pitcher, you know, uh, who has because even golfers now, you know, they work out two times a day. They do all sorts of power lifting and, yes. co- and yoga and core strength and flexibility work. It's Brooks it's Kepka. Not, it's not. It's not. It's not John Daly anymore. Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau do not look like any of us. No, they're not like us. No, it's very upsetting. I mean, you could argue it started. You know, Tiger really got yeah, that going. It. Yeah. You know, you look back in the day, man. Tom Kite. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> Ernie Els' nickname was the Big Easy. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. He just rolled out of bed, played 36, yeah. and hit the ball. My Uncle Irwin looked just like Hale Irwin. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Hey, absolutely ab- could have been him. It's very frustrating. Not anymore. God, no. my Uncle Irwin was such a bad guy. Was he really? He was just, he was unhappy. He was unhappy, but he just kind of. What made it? What made old Ir- Irwin upset? Why was he mad? Um, because because he... he was the older brother of my dad, and my nana loved my dad. Oh, he was the less favorite. He was the less favorite. He would literally. My dad has told Good the story. Overdose. He would take uncle. My nana would uh, uncle Irwin would take nana out to a great expensive meal, and she'd go, "Oh yeah, this is nice." Last week, Herbie took me to a place. My God, let me tell you all about it. And Irwin be sitting there like, "What do I have to do?" Jared, pa- Jared Payton hung out with Kevin Warren. Do we think he tipped his hand? Also, we got some digging to do on. Uh... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A video that went viral of, of JP in Vegas. Next on The Score. Hey, how you doing? Going? Jared Payton. I always feel smarter when I get off the phone with you guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Former NFL running back. And Payton will hit Payton. 
Touchdown, Titans. College football national champion. Well, Miami has erased all doubts about the national champion. Sports anchor for WGN. What was your assessment of Justin Fields, his play this past season, and did he live up to expectations? Yeah. I'm glad he's on the Chicago Bears. Son of Walter Payton. I was at school, Barrington Middle School Station Campus. My dad, he sent the limo to school to pick me and my boy CJ up. Swag. And take us, take us down to the UC and we met, you know, him and Razor Ramon. Face to face, mano a mano. Razor, all you have to worry about is the diesel. I'll take care of the boy toy. We'll see you both at SummerSlam. After they won, I was sitting front row, and he was like, they pointed at me to come up, jump over the barrier, and then come into the ring, and then I'm in the ring with my dad, Razor Ramon. It was, dude, you talk about a moment. My life was a movie. Jared Payton with Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. He's on the stream. He's on the hotline brought to you by Circus Sports Illinois. All right, Jared, you called out Tanny for your open. Was that good enough? Dude, Tanny is the best, man. Like, I knew it. Once he put in that moment, when I, they put that moment in me talking about it, I'm like, I know he found it on YouTube, and he found it. He's going to put it in there. Tanny is the best, man. Well, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you issued a challenge. Um, all right, we have a lot to get to with you, Jarrett. So uh, you know, we need to not move briskly, but we got we got a long laundry list here. We got Walter Payton, Man of the Year. We have sit down with Kevin Warren. We maybe have takeaways from the Super Bowl. A lot of important things. But the issue on everybody's mind: Did you bring your own hat and glove to the Michael Jackson show in Vegas? Danny, yes, I did. Um, I did. I brought my own glove and hat, but it wasn't, oh it was boy. because my wife, she, we were staying at Mandalay Bay. So downstairs there was a man, there was a Michael Jackson show. So they got me a hat and glove and I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. So I was like, yeah, let's, let's do this. Like I'm ready to go. So the the guy that was impersonating Michael Jackson at the Tropicana, I thought everybody goes to the one at Cirque du Soleil, right? The, the, yeah. that, Michael J. We, we went to the one at Tropicana, like, the oldest place. They're probably going to knock that place down at some point and build a baseball stadium there on, on that property mm-hmm. at some point. And, um, you know, when you walk into a casino like Tropicana and um, the, the first thing I heard was this lady screaming at me. And I looked over, she was sitting at some slots and she had no teeth in her mouth and she was smiling at me. I was like, yeah, we need to get to the show real quick. Like, <laughs> we need, we need to sit down. So I walk in and I'm thinking that there's going to be at least, you know, like the place is going to be full and it was not full at all. And we paid 65 bucks for these tickets and we were front row. And the impersonator was like, he was just like jabbing. We call me Tito all night long. He was like, call me Tito. And I was on my phone sometimes answering text messages. And he's like, Tito, you got time for the show tonight? And I'm just like, what? So then he jumped off the stage at one point and he, the, the lights are shining and he like, tapped me on the shoulder so i was like let's go time now so that's that's where the video came i just started dancing going crazy and they kept the light on me danny it dude they kept the light on me so i'm like oh they want me to break it down for real and he's like go tito go tito so at the end hey at the end of the show 
it is the craziest thing. We're getting up to walk out, and this Australian couple walks down. And they're like, can we take a photo with you? Can we take a photo? And I'm like, they're like, you're Tito. You're Tito, right? Tito Jackson. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not Tito Jackson. I'm more famous than Tito Jackson. Damn it. You think his life was a movie when he was a kid? My life was a movie when I was a kid. I mean, there's a video out there. For anybody who hasn't seen it, it's Jarrett. It's on his Twitter and elsewhere. And you are dancing your ass off. Your Michael Jackson yeah. skills are very high. I've been wondering. I mean, we know about. Hell, man! Like I, I've got, I've seen the video of of Phil Collins going to Bears practice to get your dad's autograph, right? So, like, yeah. the, we all know the crossover was real. Did you meet Michael as yeah. as a kid, as a young man, Yo, or as a so, young man? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Speak, speak. No. This this story this story gets better. Like this, it only could get better. Another couple comes down and asks the same question. There was like. They were, there was six of them. They really thought I was Tito Jackson. I'm like, dude, no. Like, we're trying to explain to them who, who I am. And then they understand. And like, oh, now we really got to take a picture of once we get out with the family. And my sister was on cue, Brittany. She is so awesome. We met Mike back in the, in the late 80s. So we went to one of his shows at Poplar Creek. And we'll, there's a picture out there. If you Google Michael Jackson walter payton in images it comes up on google you'll see it like my it's my dad mike man i'm i'm like hugging mike i'm smiling and my sister's crying and my mom is smiling too so it's like a really really cool photo well then britney comes up with this amazing plan she goes dude we got to do it i'm like what are you talking about and both she starts laughing she goes let's recreate that photo without dad with with the three of us and i was like dude that is brilliant so we asked the michael jackson impersonator can we do it so we literally like recreated the photo that you guys will see without exit dad but with the michael jackson and we had a blast so at some point i told Brittany, we can't even post it now like this is one that i'm going to wait to like michael jackson's birthday and then put both pictures together but it was uh it was phenomenal so that you guys have that waiting to come I just I just retweeted that that picture from a, a tweet of yours in 2013, Jared. So people yeah. can see that. We're talking, to, we're talking to Jared Payton, whose life, yes, is and was and continues to be an absolute movie. You you did a great job with the president of the Bears, Kevin Warren. Do you believe in any way that he tipped his hand on the plans at the quarterback position? Uh. I, you know, I've been people have been asking me that, Danny. I don't, I don't know. I think he was just being truthful with how he feels about Justin, and I think it was the whole interview. I, I was very, I was, I was kind of taken back because I had so many questions and I got all of them answered, and I didn't know how long that I was going to have with him. But I could see just through our conversations throughout the week that I was having with him that he was looking forward to, to the interview. And so when we sat down, it just felt, felt like time froze for a little bit. And it was just the two of us and just going back at it. I think he truly feels that way about Justin. I don't think he tipped his hand. I, I still think either way you look at it, whether you're talking about the stadium or Justin, that he was doing his job. And he does it very, very well of not really showing you his hand, but answering your questions the way that they – that you ask him. And um, I think he still really is going to give that opportunity for Ryan Poles to make this decision 
alongside him in some capacity of which direction that they go at the quarterback position. I I just knew I knew Danny that if I put that clip out the day like the day before the interview because I was like I was searching through clips I'm like which one is going to hit the best like what's going to hit and I'm like this him talking about his is going to get people going back and forth just like how when you guys jump on the air and bring the Caleb Williams jersey on like it just it just hits man and right now anytime you put anything Justin and Caleb in a search engine or right. whatever it goes, but but so but so like okay, so on on some level, you know, as entertainers, right? That's our job. He's the president of the Bears. You ask him that question. I guess I'm a little surprised that he didn't say. That's Ryan's call, and my job is to support Ryan. Yeah, I I get that. I mean, like, you know, he's he's not he's not qualified to make a determination on who should be the quarterback of the Bears. I, I think he not understands that. I think that's why his relationship with with Ryan is so strong. Is that he he is going to leave really that the football stuff up to Ryan. That's how I feel. And it's it's interesting. I, you know, you've talked to a lot of people and executives, and you talked to him for a long time, Jarrett. How, did you at any point notice him being careful? Like, did you notice any hitch in the giddy up of the delivery? Because the man is. Very smooth and very good at what no. he does. Speaks not at all, not not at all. He was smooth as can be. Um, he's, I, I think he felt comfortable. We him, we have a we have a really really cool relationship. So it's uh, and it's only the the beginning of our relationship. So just to be able to sit down with him and I think he he just he answered everything. But I especially the stadium stuff, which was first. I mean. They're trying to figure this thing out. And I think what jumped out to me was the timeline of really what he talked about, that legislative uh, session that they want to get stuff done. And so by the end of, you know, 2024, they want to know what they're doing. And and just like everybody else, I mean, that's where he's like, I've been walking around Las Vegas and Bears fans are coming up to me everywhere, having conversations about what they want to see or what they want to do. And he was giving everybody time that came up to him as – for the time he was in Las Vegas. Jared, I wonder, you know, we've talked a lot about how Caleb Williams has some unique um, power in being the first star of the NIL era to be a number one overall quarterback and obvious, you know, pick. So as he is interviewing the Bears and checking out the Bears and you want to make sure that he is, he's impressed and that he likes the Bears. From your perspective as a former athlete, what would the value of Kevin Warren be in that room to a young player like Caleb Williams? Um, I mean, I, I think it's really for to have a guy like Kevin in the room, just to his resume. And I mean, we're all still here and, and, and waiting for, there's a lot of big things that are on the, on the docket right now for him to, to complete. And we're all waiting for that. But I think of just his, his resume and, and anytime that you talk about him in the circles around the NFL from all the higher ups at, uh, at Super Bowl that had, I had conversations about him. Everybody loves him. Uh, they, they all love him. I mean, from, from, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't want to say all the people that I talked to, but if I said a name, you'd be like, well, I mean, I drop had a, a name, 
Nah, man. I, I, I got to keep everything close. I got to keep some stuff close. To the he doesn't play. drop names in this segment. Come I on, say. All the time. <laughs> I'll just say, I'll just say the, the big dogs in the NFL. Everybody, they love him to death. And I think his, his vision of what he wants to do and where he's looking to hopefully take this organization, I think, will, would be something that, that Caleb would like. But Caleb's got to want to – Caleb's got a from everything that I've been hearing about Caleb, even out there, he he's where is his mind at? Like, does he want to be here? Is is my biggest question. Does he want to be in Chicago? And why wouldn't you want to be here? I know that there's a, this stigma that people say this is where quarterbacks come to die and all this other stuff. I get all that, but if that is the case and that's the direction that this organization is going to go, for a young man coming out in this NIL, you know the years of the NIL and, and being that, that space, that star, why wouldn't you want to come here and, and, and prove everybody wrong and to be the guy to change that narrative at the quarterback position here, if that's the case, like you do it in Chicago, man, you'll never, you'll never pay for anything in this city, like anything at all. I, I, I think if my pops was alive right now, he wouldn't, not, well, first of all, when he was alive, he didn't pay for anything in the city, <laughs> anything. Like, they keep giving him cars to drive and this and that. I mean, it's just like, he's like, ah, you know, he had money. he had all these cars. He's like, I don't have, he never had a truck, though. My dad never had a truck. So he's, he's like, hey. he'd just pull up at a Jeep dealership and they'd be like, well, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah, just take it. Take it with the dealer plates. Bring it back when you want it. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I mean, I can relate. Um, I know. I- yeah. My life's very similar. Uh, all right, 30 seconds or less, Jarrett Payton. Yeah. Where is the next Bears stadium going to be located? In my opinion, I think it's I, – I still am on Arlington Heights. Um, they just uh, – they Arlington Heights – the city and, and the Bears have to figure out a way. And with all this stuff going back and forth, I think we they both have to kind of look and say, hey, this is going to be beneficial to both of us long term. And I think you got to not think about right now in the moment – but you have to also think about the future and what it can mean. And I just, to me, that's what makes the most sense. Build a bear city and everybody will come. And um, it's not just for the bears. To me, it's for the fans and their experience. And I just think that that gives them the opportunity to truly, truly create an experience and something long-term for this franchise. Jared Payton, Channel 9. Good stuff, man, at the Super Bowl. Good stuff with Kevin Warren. Good stuff as Tito Jackson. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Tito, get me some tissue. There he goes. That is Jarrett Payton. Incredible. All right. We are going to try to come to a conclusion, an early answer, not by asking experts, but but our own research and watching whatever we watched on ranking receivers for Ryan Poles to consider with the ninth pick. Sounds like Paul. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Position. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. He hit in the pole position in Indy. The pole's position. 
It's time for Poles position. So the number one pick, by the way, for the Bears is secured. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. What will Ryan Poles do with the number one pick? I got a lot of confidence in our ability to see talent on the field. The human being, we got to figure out. We're counting down the days to the NFL draft. How about the number one pick with the Bears? Caleb Williams, the one thing that is clear, he is not special. Caleb and his group do not want to go to Chicago. Well, I'm a friend of Caleb's. I feel like he's a, a young version of Patrick Mahomes. So I got a call from the Caleb Williams camp, and they went, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't want to be painted as anti-Chicago. We don't want to go to a city that doesn't care. We don't want to go to some Sunbelt place where you tarp off the upper deck. This is a franchise where quarterbacks go to die. Field. Not sure yet. Not sure. M- maybe not working out. Bruh, where are y'all seeing this? Like, what makes him not the quarterback for the Chicago Bears right now? Holds position with Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons on The Score. Wow. And as soon as that intro ends... We can begin Poles' position with some breaking news because Ryan Poles has made some decisions. The Bears have officially released Cody Whitehair and Eddie Jackson. Wow, I had seen the Whitehair. I hadn't seen the Jackson. By the way, breaking news on 670. The score is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Neither move is surprising given the age, the regime they were drafted by, the productivity, the salary cap situation. You know, Eddie Jackson was a top 100 bear for their centennial season. You know, he, he peaked. He had that, what, he's his six-interception season. Um, was a very good player. Incredibly popular. Yeah, terrific draft pick. By the way, um, Eddie Jackson, injury riddled at Alabama, but clearly had been a leader and a producer there when he was healthy. Yeah, the only reason he fell uh, in the draft was because he was coming after after the year where he broke his leg Mm -hmm. at at Alabama. But we've talked to Jalen about it, and there have been plenty of stories that have come out in other places. But Eddie Jackson, a very important piece of leadership. Uh, for especially defensive players and not just defensive backs. He would bring guys over to the house. He would often do uh, host the secondary dinners. He would bring his barber into the house and bring a bunch of Bears players over mm-hmm. uh, to get to get their cut during the week. And, you know, it was his his house was kind of the hang for a lot of defensive players on the team. He was he was everyone always thinks about like quarterbacks getting together with receivers and stuff like that and offensive line dinners. Eddie Jackson, uh, from how it's been explained, has, was kind of the the social linchpin of, of the defense. Yeah, and I thought, you know, it's an interesting arc for Eddie Jackson because he wasn't that guy for a while. Jalen Johnson told us in segment um, how, you know, when Jalen got here, Eddie had just gotten paid and it wasn't like an incredibly warm initial relationship, but their relationship kind of evolved and grew to the point where this past year Eddie was hosting everybody and Jalen went over uh, a lot. So, you know, Eddie's been through a lot. A late-round draft pick who has that incredible production, does get paid a very down year after he got paid and then kind of recommitted and was uh, a very solid player for the Bears. And somebody's going to pick him up 
and he'll be a starting safety in the NFL next year. He'll be a starting free safety for somebody next year. Probably. I would think so, just on a, on a significantly different contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Cody Whitehair, he made the Pro Bowl. He played 124 games for the Bears. He started 118 of them, didn't miss a game his first four seasons, then played 14 games his fifth season, then played all 17 games uh, in 2021, 12 games in 2022, and uh, appeared in 17, started 11 in 2023. So a very durable player who played center, who played left guard, who moved around, and then basically did whatever they asked of him, Mm -hmm. but uh, never really found a home, never had consistency. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, he was a really solid starter at guard, and then they had him try center, and he struggled with the shotgun snaps mightily. But he went he went back to guard um, and, and, and was pretty darn good. And, it, you know, a second-round pick by Pace in 2016. I remember Dick Butkus introduced the pick. So th- that, that must have been pretty cool uh, for, for Cody. And then, you know, it's, it's a pretty decent long run. And I got to say, like, the fact that he took the assignment at center and still tried to do it, is is more impressive than the Bears giving him that assignment again when the entire league knew about his snap mistakes, you know? He tried. Cody tried. He just had some kind of weird block with uh, with shotguns especially and, and could could never get over. But that that's the longest-tenured Bear. You know, no, no more, right? But that's, that's the guy who's been here been here the longest unless it's patrick scales i was gonna say when when, when did scales come in because white white hair is 2016 right i don't remember because you know. eddie, eddie eddie was what eddie jackson was 17 yeah i guess I, I guess it is patrick scales 2015 for scales there you go okay. so um but if you you know consider them real players oh man oh. did i just say that i just say oh. that out loud Wow. How, how about is white is whitey coat hair still on the bears that there's no way to know i don't i i don't know the i have whitey coat hair <laughs> max rustifer oh yeah the whitey okay. that those guys that was the interior of the line for a while and that no wonder they weren't good because they didn't exist whitey coat hair and max rustifer side by side they couldn't block anybody danny you remember that i do i do remember uh frees up over 30 million though in cap space, these were these were no brainer moves. Uh, you could always follow the money. It was just a question of timing. So even more cap space for Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham Man. to attack this offseason. Damn that season when Eddie Jackson just exploded onto the scene with all those picks and 2018. all. Twenty eighteen. My goodness, that was when they yeah they 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 led the league in takeaways. Thirty six takeaways as a team. It was like year. we have Mike Brown again. We have him. Look at this. Oh, my God. There's, like, dreams of, you know, the, the, the playmaking safety. For Club a, dub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Well, yeah, because, I mean, that, that was, man, there was Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson. Yeah. That was the, you know, there was, there was obviously a lot more, but, like, both having peak of their powers type seasons. Absolutely. Look at us on, on multiple levels. We got guys. Look at yeah, us. But it, but it was... I mean, he he made the top 100 Bears list, man. Basically, off just that season, it's pretty. He's not amazing. a top 100 Bear. All right, you, you, give me give me your top 100. I can't give you my top 100 right now. <laughs> yeah, who's replacing him? Who slides right into that spot right now? Dusty Dvoracek. 
<laughs> Caleb? Oh, see? It's going to go viral again for all the wrong too, reasons. Too, too soon? <laughs> DJ Moore? DJ Moore would slide in there. He's had one year. Been here yeah. one year. How about Jalen? Come on, guys. Oh, yeah. Jalen? Yeah. Jalen Johnson. That's a good call. Yeah, thank thank good you, Tony. Thank you very that was much. right there for us. Yeah, I know. Right, right, right there for Should've us. Should have knocked that one down. All right. Yeah. Well, he sets it up so obviously. <laughs> what do we do? I know. But all right. So there we go. Some procedural moves here to start off Paul's position. But we wanted to just go through this and say, first of all, how many receivers do you think are there are 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 in play for Ryan Poles at the ninth pick? Um, it's a really good question because we've seen the big three. We know Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to end up going top five. Yeah, right. I, like, I did not include Harrison Jr. in right. this exercise because we know he won't be there. And and then we've got Roma Dunze from Washington, six foot three, two fifteen. Malik Neighbors from LSU at six foot two hundred, and if both of those are gone, most people have figured that Poles would pivot at nine and go to a different position. There's one more guy, and maybe two more guys that could stake a claim to possibly being worthy of uh, of uh, of being up there. Although I have a bigger wide receiver philosophical question uh, for you, if if you don't mind. Well, sure. I mean, I'll let me just answer the question that I asked first. Then, like, okay. I I think the 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 group after neighbors and Adunze seems to be led by either Brian Thomas Jr., also of LSU, yeah, or Keon Coleman from Florida State, mm-hmm. and I think it stops there. Yeah, but I don't think that either of them can be top 10 picks. I think Keon Coleman might creep up there. So, okay, I the only reason I – that would be a pretty spectacular jump from a lack of production standpoint. And I know mm-hmm. the reasoning, right? Like, he didn't have great quarterback play at Michigan State, transferred, didn't have great quarterback play at Florida State – but he had the worst quarterback play of all the guys we've mentioned so far. Well, yes, yes, ab- absolutely. Uh, the because the other two guys went to LSU, and the, you know the other the other guys played with NFL quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, just but fifty catches, six hundred fifty eight yards, seven touchdowns, one year of that type of production. I just I think he could be a first round pick. I don't think. I think if Ryan Pohl said Keon Coleman is not that much different than Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze, I'd be just as happy getting him. I think that it would be almost a guarantee that he would trade down from nine in order to get him. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so, especially if he likes uh, a, a couple of others. I'm just – I have found myself, as we've been doing the research, and we, we both did a bunch of research last night on the wideouts, I have, I have fallen for Keon Coleman. Did you see his – because all of these guys have crazy film and crazy highlights. Mm-hmm. Did you see his catch against Syracuse? Absolutely. 
That catch is so ridiculous. Yes, it's it, it's a it, it's a jump. I just tweeted it a little a little while oh, ago it, as to promote the uh, the segment. That oh, okay, so the, the the one-handed catch over the middle where the ball's behind him. Yep, it it is an extreme ten out of ten difficulty catch. Dino Babers, the head coach of Syracuse, said after that game, "quote God was showing off when he made him." Unquote. Yeah, he, he's he's six four, a, a freakish athlete with crazy high degree of difficulty, used to play basketball. At, at Sparty, played basketball yep. for, you know, for Tom Izzo. 6'4", 215, like you said, fast, long, and strong. Does need some coaching, um, you know, so, but but my, my goodness. I, that there, is, there wasn't a lot of stuff whew. that I could find on him that showed, hey, let me get open in a short area quickness. It, it, all of his highlights seemed to be like posts, 15-yard ends, go routes, yeah. you know what I mean? He's, he's a which – is, which is – it's valuable, but not – doesn't have the most refined route tree, seemingly. Seemed like it, a lot of it was, hey, you're 6'4 and fast, run deep. Mm. Yeah, some of it some of it was, but I think he's got more – from the stuff that I was reading, and, and I think he's got more refined skills than Brian Thomas. See, Brian Thomas, the other guy at LSU – Six four two zero five with wheels like a walking mismatch, but not that strong at the point of contact. Like, nah, he's one of those guys who's tall, and you think he'd be a big time Guagi guy, and he's not a big time Guagi guy. Um, doesn't run great routes, has dropped passes. Like, I didn't find a ton of negatives on Keon Coleman. The, the one thing that was going around about Keon Coleman was that he didn't win a lot of his fifty fifty balls, but there was some mitigate some mitigating factors for that that go along with the quarterback not really putting it in the right spot for him and he had a huge percentage of 50-50 balls considering you know where the quarterback had put the ball that was some of the stuff that that I had seen but like yeah I, I really like I like Roma Dunze and Malik Neighbors a hell of a lot more than Keon Coleman to okay. be clear so, to be so, clear. Let, so, so let's let's table because I mean Brian Thomas Jr. had more production right he, he he led the NCAA in touchdown catches last year with 17 similarly was a basketball player, similarly crazy fast, just had the one year of the the big production, but a lot of it is deep balls, also not the most refined tape in terms of a route tree. Right. Roma Dunze and Malik Neighbors, they're both awesome. (laughs) Like, I I don't seem – they're they're a little different. They are different. But they both are awesome. How – what I came away thinking was that Roma Dunze strike struck me as maybe a little bit safer, like like a higher floor. There's no way he's not going to be good in the NFL. I'd be absolutely shocked if he wasn't a number one wide receiver, like as a caliber of player. But Malik Neighbors struck me as a guy who maybe slightly more boomer bust but a, a little bit of a higher ceiling than a Dunze because some of his stuff reminded me anyway of like catching a slant and going 60 yards, catching a wide receiver screen and going 50 yards. Like some of his stuff reminded me of Jamar Chase and Odell Beckham Jr., Mm-hmm. Like, like, which is like crazy, crazy speed. I see the Odell. I see the Odell comp uh, for sure. Young Odell. It, it, Neighbors is the most explosive and the fastest wide receiver in the group in terms of like what it looks like on the tape. The, the 
the incredible acceleration. He's a, a yak monster, like you're talking about, because of that explosive speed. Um, he doesn't dominate in, like, physical contested situations as much as you'd like, perhaps. But He's only 20, though. Yeah. And, and, and he thinks like a number one wideout. Apparently, he's, he's, that, he's the give-me-the-ball guy it, it, and has all of that, which is not obviously a bad thing. I saw that Rick Spielman on the 33rd team said he would have been ahead of all four of the wide receivers that were taken in the first round of last year's draft. He would have had yeah, Malik he, Neighbors ahead. He lo- Malik Neighbors lost the Blitnikoff Award to Marvin Harrison Jr. by one vote and tweeted, remember that, so disrespectful. <laughs> So I love that. Of course man. you do. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that's that. So I, I think I'm neighbors over a Dunze, but it's very close. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's very it's very it, and, and it's it's a little bit of a preference thing, and partly because of DJ Moore. Because of DJ Moore, I, I get it. I get it. The like, speed kills. Speed, like, if you could tell me that you could put a Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase mm-hmm. type of speedster. Here, they've got in his prime DJ Moore. You need eight yards on third and seven. He'll run a great route and make a contested catch guy. Like they, yeah. they already have that guy. I want the guy who at the twenty-five yard line can catch a six-yard pass and take it to the house. I hear you. I hear you. Just like the, some of the stuff that I, that I read from a few different write-ups on Roma Dunze at six-three-two-fifteen, like the complete package wide receiver. He doesn't have the explosive speed, but he's a complete receiver. He's big. Knows the wide receiver tricks, thinks the game well. This is what I really liked. Fights through contact, strong, a little like AJ Brown. The physicality to win those interactions. There was a stat. He, he models his game after uh, after Julio. Does I he? Thought. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a Julio guy. So he had 28 contested catch opportunities, according to Pro Football Focus. He caught 21 of them. Yeah, it's, it's outrageous. That's 75 percent. Of the contested catch possibilities he came down with because he's strong enough to fight through it. Including 9 of 14 on deep balls. They caught 9 of 14 contested catch deep balls. So I I love them both. Neighbors as an explosive guy next to DJ Moore, I agree, would be perfect stylistically. I suspect both of those guys are going to be gone by 9. Depends. Depends how how good of a class it is, if if, if any of the defensive players – you know the the kid from UCLA as an edge rusher that we'll get to. Uh, I mean, if he if he clears all the medicals as an edge rusher, he can move up there. It depends mm-hmm. if both if both tackles go. You know, I mean, do the Titans want a receiver or a tackle? Do the Giants want a receiver or a tackle? Does somebody it, get crazy aggressive and jump up for JJ McCarthy or Bo Nix as right. a fourth is it quarterback? Th- is, it, is it three quarterbacks or four right. in, in in the top eight? Right, exactly. But I mean, I, a few of these teams are going to be faced with Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase type questions. Yeah, uh, on the on these receivers. Can can I throw you my, my philosophical question here? Yeah, sure. So, a lot of people are saying that like there's never going to be a bad draft for wide receivers. Like there's just all the colleges are throwing so much. It's so open. There's so many athletes getting funneled towards the position. Yeah. But we're still seeing so many wide receivers going in the top 10 and the top 15. Like, so it's an interesting thing. Cause I find myself thinking that you might be able to find DK Metcalf was a second round pick, you know, yep. like you might be able to find, a Keon Coleman, a Keon Coleman, or or, or Brian Thomas at six four two zero five six four two fifteen, and get him later in the first, or get him in the get him in the second, and not have to use a top ten pick on a wide receiver because there's so many. 
So when the Bears drafted Jaquan Brisker, my argument was they needed a receiver so badly. We talked a lot about George Pickens. Yeah. And four of the next six picks were wide receivers. Do you remember who they were? I know Christian Watson, I believe, was one of them. He was not. He was not. Oh, Sky Moore was one of them. Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Jahan Dotson. Tyquan Thornton. Hmm. Sky Moore, Tyquan Thornton, George Pickens, and I believe Alec Pierce. So, George Pickens, the most talented, it seems, like of the bunch, but has serious character questions. Alec Pierce has been productive. You've heard absolutely nothing from Sky Moore and Tyquan Thornton, though Sky Moore did catch a touchdown in the Super Bowl last year. But Alec Pierce, know, a Bears it, and Cubs fan, by the way. Really? Yeah, there you go. Uh, but need, but so it is. There are more receivers. There are more talented receivers, but. I still think it is a premium position and the premium talents are going to go because what you're seeing is, in my opinion anyway, Seattle already had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and they used a top 15 pick on Jackson Smith and Jigba. The argument now, it's the old, it's that Troy Aikman clip. Judge, you know, your, your offense is only as good as your third best pass catcher. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that that, your point makes sense, but the Bears, they need a number two receiver. They need a number three receiver. They, 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 they need a lot at the pass-catching skill position group. So I do think it's a premium enough position to, to use on the ninth overall pick. Yeah, the best receiver taken after Jaquan Brisker is probably Romeo Dobbs uh, in the fourth round. And that was in the fourth round. Yeah. So it just becomes more of a dart throw. And a Dunze and neighbors seem spectacular. I got a couple more things for you on a Dunze. That that I mean it's so he had he Pro Football Focus only graded him with three drops on 140 targets. He played through a bro, a broken rib and a punctured lung at two different times. And he led the NCAA in receiving yards with over sixteen hundred. He had – this is obviously, like, like with Neighbors, I gave you the extreme high end of what I saw when I watched, like, the long 10-minute compilation thing that came together. Yeah. Adunze had some Devontae Adams in him to me. Just catches the ball with his hands, uses his body to shield people away from him, mm-hmm. never drops the ball, really good route runner, gets open, very tough, makes contested catches. Again, that's obviously – 99th percentile ceiling just like for neighbors 99th percentile ceiling is Jamar Chase but just in terms of type that's a a Dunze and neighbors look awesome I totally they both both look awesome they both look absolutely awesome and and it would be a dream um I went way deeper just because I got into it but I'm going to save it I suspect we'll do another wide receiver dive later on during a polls position when some things have shaken out a little bit more because um, I, I, I got I got number six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven, uh, and, and then I go to twelve, thirteen, fourteen for my guys in the draft. So well, I'm good. excited. I mean, listen, about it. It, 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 yes, we it's will. a sexy it, spot. We'll get back to it. Yeah, it's and it's it's another pole position. If they pass on them at nine, right? Who's your mid round wide receiver? To, you know, if they I'm go ready. with Bowers, who's your mid round wide receiver? So yeah, it's it's another polls position that you have done the prep work for already that I will need to uh, as we go forward. Dave Wanstead at four o'clock. Speaking of college. Oh, I was hit in the feels. Nostalgia set in today, Speaks. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. 
Parkins and Spiegel show flashback. 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 How real does your team feel in NCAA Football 14? So real, you'll think you're running the perfect option play and turning on the afterburners past the secondary. It's so real, you'll start to question reality itself. Is time real? Is my couch real? Is this my real voice? No. Actually, this is. So go get your hands on the all-new high-speed, smash-mouth, mind-blowing, adjective-compiling physics that makes your team feel real. For reals. NCAA Football 14. Ready for everyone. EA Sports. It's in the game. Oh, yeah. We were graced today with the dropping of a trailer. Not for the new Marvel movie. Not for some sort of Oscar bait. Not for the return of a television show that we will stream and then ultimately forget. But the return of one of the great sports video game franchises of all time. NCAA College Football. 2025 is back and for the first time ever the players names will be included this is a result of the name image and likeness stuff now being legal in it and it comes back and i'll let you enjoy and bask i never once played the college football video game I know, they, was, I know they use the Madden technology and they're going to again. It's not going to be as simple as a Madden reskin, but, but I've, never, I've never played it. It was, it was just so great because... What? Beast, what were you doing in 1996? I, I was playing Sega hockey. Okay. okay. I was playing some Sega hockey and I was... You know what I was doing? I was dating people. Tanny. Well, that's what I was wondering. This is the prime of your youth, so yes. I can see why you weren't. But if you I was were playing rock shows and dating people, if you were twelve or thirteen like me when College Football USA '96 came out, like the first version of the game we're talking about, it was the most sophisticated football game of its time because even had more teams than Madden. Obviously, being college yes. had like a hundred plus teams, and and the playbook was vastly different than Madden, and the gameplay felt a lot smoother. So I, we've all been big fans of this football game for a long time, folks. Tanny, that's what it was. It was the playbooks. You could run the option. You know, like, if you, if you, if you were – so, like, probably my favorite team ever was the L. Roberson, Darren Sproles, K-State Wildcats. Oh, they were fast. Oh, my God, they were so fast, dude. And you could run the option. And you could – and they had, like, all these crazy screen passes in the – like, <laughs> like it, was, it was so much fun. It was so much fun to play that game mm. with, with Darren Sproles and the QB keeper. And so, yeah, then you can you know, play Army and be the triple option. But also, I think sadly, by the way, in 96, now that I'm thinking about it, I still might have been playing Tecmo Super Bowl. As, you know, came out in 93, 94. While. Yeah, NBA Jam on the Super Nintendo. There was a lot of that. But, but carry on, Danny. Well, because, yeah, I mean, I came to it later than, than 96. But in, in high school, I mean, the, the 03, 04, like those, those versions, I mean, that's like. Larry Fitzgerald with Pitt was on the cover because uh, Desmond Howard was on the cover of one with his Heisman pose. Hmm. I remember Matt Leinert was on the cover of one. Uh, Texters are going crazy. Adrian Peterson at Oklahoma was the best, like Bo on Tech Mobile. Yeah, oh, he was ridiculous. Another one says Sproles was a damn cheat code in that game. He, he, he was unbelievable. He was an unbelievable player. Uh, but also, the, the, their equivalent of dynasty mode – Mm-hmm. Where you could, because you could recruit. You, where are you going to deploy your resources? What do you need? Are you going to make the offer to the the lower star kid or the higher star kid? But you're going to risk out losing him. Are you wow. going to try to get the three star receiver? Or are you going to hold out for the five star receiver? And you could f- simulate the season and then just get right back out on the recruiting trail to turn. <laughs> 
to turn Army into a powerhouse program. Gotcha. Yeah, it says Road to Glory mode. Dynasty and Road to Glory modes are expected to be emphasized heavily once again. The transfer portal and an expanded playoff are likely to be included. Expanded boring. (laughs) You're boring, everybody. Quit boring, everyone. The transfer portal is that's ridiculous. You're just getting to know these guys. You play a season and then you you transfer them. Oh God! I I had gonna ruin the sport in video game (laughs) style too. I remember doing a create a player, and my quarterback's name, I made him Gunner Stahl, like the bad guy villain from Mighty Ducks 2. I was a virgin in high school. It's not a big deal. Uh, but, yeah, it was – God, I loved that game so much. That checks out. Shane, doesn't that check out? Hey, man, I I mean, the guy big... had back problems. It's not his fault. Right. That's oh, right. Thank wow. you. Wow. Surprisingly kind. That was kind. That was lovely. He was just was... zigzagging all over the place. Couldn't – Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't close. <laughs> He tried to have sex once, but the zigzagging was an issue. <laughs> I just missed. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this is. But I mean, with the players' names, so now you won't even feel guilty. Yeah. Not that I ever did. But yeah, this is great. Yeah, but because Ed O'Bannon broke college sports, and and uh, you know, forty six. What is it? Forty six million dollars got paid out in that lawsuit. So, as that lawsuit was going, EA Sports was like, I think we'll stop. I think we're just, we're just gonna you know put the brakes on this thing, and now it's back. Players have to opt in, Danny. So players need to opt in to be part of the deal, and then group licensing will go out uh, to everyone that opts in. But So you might have some people not opt in. You know what I mean? You might have a QB Eagles situation. Highly unlikely, I would say, for college kids not wanting to be in a video game. I'm just going to speculate. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking most will take their game, cut. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, but I mean, if it's Caleb... You know, would would Caleb have oh, be the Barry in? Bonds? Be the Barry Bonds of this year's NCAA football? Yeah, or the Michael Jordan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Michael Jordan, for, right? From NBA Jam. Yeah, so, some will, some will not. What mm-hmm. do they call Barry Bonds? Like Jeff Dowell or something like that? Is that what John it was? John Dowd. I John think. Dowd. John yes. Dowd. That's it. That's because MVP the, 05. the Dowd report. John Dowd was the uh, the the impartial arbitrator. That was hired to uh, to look at the Pete Rose situation and also consulted on steroids early on. So they gave him John Dowd, which is hilarious. Ah, but this, I mean, it, it Taney, when you saw the trailer, because we knew it was coming. I mean, we've obviously been following this. Like, I, I knew that it was coming at some point. But well, actually, you... during, during the title game, we all thought that they were going to announce it during the title game. Yes. And when they didn't, <laughs> people were upset. <laughs> Because there have been setbacks with this. It was supposed to come back last year. And he had a lot, lot of legal stuff to figure out. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, it's been complicated. People are still doubtful, actually, that this game will release this summer. Like, people are still like, yeah, this is great and all, but just wake me when this game actually drops. Oh, really? Yeah, because players have to opt in, and if not, what are you, what are you going to do? I, 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 well, you could, I mean, I, it'll it'll be weird. Like some players, maybe will still be, you know, QB seven or whatever. But then the cool the cool guys will have their name on it. All right, tell me about the recruiting here. Like, what, so what is that actually? Are you going out there? Are you glad handing? Are are you leaving a pipe behind like uh, Howard Schnellenberger did to get? I mean, Melvin I'm, I'm assuming they've commit? upgraded it. But he was, you know, it was like, what were your positional needs? You would prioritize, you know, like so if you if you were, you know, if I was L. Roberson and Darren Sproles at K State, you know what I mean? You would had a better chance at landing a four-star kid from Nebraska or Oklahoma, but mm-hmm. you're competing against Bob Stoops and th- things like that. So you were, you know, you 
prioritize geography, position, recruit. You'd make offers, then guys would re- reject you or accept it. It was awesome. Did you go glad hand the local car dealership so they would like get involved and hire it, a kid for a fake job? It didn't have that. It was just it was just about like plugging and playing based on what your team needs were. But it should have. It, sh- it should have. Did anybody snitch on you and like? Hey, do you go on probation? Tony Wise is just sweating profusely in the corner with an envelope full of cash. Dave wants that in twenty minutes, folks. Uh, but yeah, it was it was th- wow. it was thing it was things like that. But you it should was, be able it, to unlock like old school legends of recruiting, like unlock Wani, oh. bringing in OJ. <laughs> yeah. Oh, get at SMU, get the Pony Express going. Wow, Dickerson and Craig James are here. How did LaShawn Shady McCoy end up at Pitt, Dave? I hope that if you are touring the Pitt conference, uh, the Pitt, uh, excuse me, the the Pitt complex, you can see Aaron Donald working out deep in the night, you know? (laughs) being handed his red shirt so um i'm having a resurgence uh of a video game that i loved because ruben and i usually just beats the crap out of me in whatever video game he likes to play and he's kind of vague on teaching me the rules so he can beat the crap out of me and it's up to me if i want to hang around enough um on the nintendo switch he's got mario kart and yeah. oh, and he's got that. We, we you got him the dock that you put the switch in. So then all of a sudden you're playing on the big TV. And I got him the wheels that you put the Joy Cons in. So I'm just sitting there in the recliner, you know, racing in Mario Kart, having so much damn fun. And I'm I'm good at it. I I beat him because it's it's one from my youth. It's a, it's a huge moment in our and relationship. You know how to drive. <laughs> I, do, I do know how to drive, <laughs> and I constantly throw blue shells when I'm driving or slip banana peels on traffic behind me. You know to yeah prioritize the stars and the mushrooms yes, while driving. But my God, Mario Kart! I, I forgot how much fun it is. It's great. so great. Hey, but and that game. That game ages really well. Good good college drinking uh, drinking game out of Mario Kart. Don't drink and drive. You got to finish a beer by the end of the race, but you can't be play. You can't be driving while you're drinking. Oh, God. so like the race starts and you could just like chug a beer and uh-huh. then do the race. Or if you were more of a sipper like me, oh God. You could like take a big sip, then do a race. Like you know, start driving, get a little bit of a lead, but then you got to stop. Oh take yeah, another big sip. That oh, that's sort of thing. that's healthy. That's instructive. That's good. First race, right. you want fun? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to drink and drive. Yeah. Like Mario, it's Mario Kart edition. You're in a dorm room. It's safe. Yeah, I suppose that's true. First time I ever threw up from booze, I had. 19 Miller High Lifes playing nice. that Mario Kart drinking game. <laughs> it's 19, a good game. In, in like a span of two hours. I was 21. I didn't know how to drink yet. 19 High Lifes. And you were still were not as drunk as Travis Kelsey. Not anywhere Yesterday. close. Guys, embarrassing. Dude, he tried to kiss Nick Wright. Which, he, I he mean, really Danny did, did too last week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That'll happen. Yeah, but the, his nose got in the way. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, that vid- <laughs> that, that's too far? <laughs> that's too far. That, vid- okay. that video of Nick, like, catching Travis Kelsey as he fell into him and pushing him away twice in, like, an eight-second video. It was pretty I remarkable. I will say, though, it, we started the show with Connor Bedard. He's playing the night, and uh, professional athletes, they're not, they're not like us because an 18-year-old kid's five weeks or whatever after a broken jaw is already back. Uh, he went out last night. They had a team dinner out at one of the bars. So he's like fall down drunk at the parade at one thirty in the afternoon, mm. and then by seven or eight, you know, go home, sleep for a few hours, yeah, then go out to a team dinner. Wow, that's impressive. You know, if I, if I was ever as drunk as him, I'd be, I'd be, I'd still be throwing up. But but there he was, just 
out, getting some burnouts. Absolutely ridiculous. Wow. But it was making me think of other things that we should bring back from our youth. Maybe we can do that before Dave Wanstead at four. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Parkinson Spiegel. Oh, yeah. Sounds like the law firm you call when you get a parking ticket. <laughs> Afternoons on the score. Hi, I'm Kenny. I'm 14 years old and I love to play those damn video games. <laughs> So I cannot wait to be in the video game stage with my boys. We're not we're not really there yet. Have not introduced that to to them, but it'll come, and I'll definitely get back in on Madden. Maybe some 2K. Uh huh. I'll uh, you know just I'll play Grand Theft Auto. I won't <laughs> do that for them, but that was big for me. What ones would you want to bring back? Because NCAA college football is coming back. Which ones would you want to bring oh, back? Oh, you're excited. About, I know how excited you are. By the way, Dave, uh, Dave Wanstead in 10 minutes, and we'll talk with him about the release of Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair by the Chicago Bears today. Um, games to bring back. Well, you know, I, see, I go too far back because I had a big old gap where I concentrated on my life. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, me too. I, I But I'm just – like. I, I'm right. going back to the Atari 2600. Yeah, I mean, that's you're older than I, I am. Yes. Yes, I am. Go <laughs> yeah. back to the Atari 2600, and I want a modern version of Jungle Hunt. I want Jungle Hunt. Okay. I want Yars Revenge. You know, the, these, are, these are some of the games that, that I thrived with and that I need, to, uh, I, I need to play with my son. I got to find a way. Did you play Paperboy? Never played Paperboy. I loved. See, there was a lot of arcade ones. Pole position. Bernsey and I were talking legit about pole position before pole's position today. Pole position was a great driving game at the time. Track and field was badass. Um, and there is, it was a but like Dig Dug, Mister Do, Cubert. These, this is, this is oh, my. Yeah, you definitely go back further than I do. I do. Yeah. I do. A dollar got you four plays in my That's day. Nice. And That's nice. Also, I walked uphill to school both ways. Oh, no, I know. You're a talented guy. You Ga- had a hard life. Yeah, gas was a quarter, bread was a nickel. Dogs didn't vote back in my day. We led them around on leashes. It was the good old days. Yeah, it's a Seinfeld. Trying to make this country. I know what it is. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, roller Coaster Tycoon. Anybody? PC game. You built your own theme park. But you could be a... Uh, Oh, this one, this roller coaster has a loop, like a like an upside down, like a loop de loop. Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. could be, but you could be a real, uh, you could be a real saboteur, and like make the track a little too short at the end of the loop de loop, and then just launch people to their death. Uh huh. And then it was real, it was real bad. Or like you then had to. Like, <laughs> That's okay. horrific. It was, hor- it was horrific. Yeah. And you part, you you had to like, hi- if if you built like a really crazy roller coaster that people would vomit off of, you had to be sure to install a bunch of trash cans and like allocate your maintenance workers to the exits there because people would get off the roller coaster and vomit. I feel like that should be just part of MLB The Show. Like, they have the roller coaster in Detroit. You know, just like build a roller coaster adjacent to the new ballpark. Or more trash cans when you go to the Sox games because you're probably going to have to puke. <laughs> yeah, there it is. But that was, that was an excellent game. I was, so thinking, I was like, man, what were the games, you know? You killed civilians in the video games you played? Occasionally. Did you never do that in Grand Theft Auto? You I, never went on a. I I really I haven't played. I I, I was not a video game guy. That's so the I danger. can't really contribute to the conversation. You could okay. go on a spree. Ne- never was, huh? Not I really know. That's why you're as healthy as you are. You know. In what way? <laughs> <laughs> that's news to me, brother. <laughs> 
I don't know. I mean, I, I'm at that point where I'm very worried about the boy because that's all he wants to do. That That's just. And but if you were at one point a boy and that's all you wanted to do? That checks out, Danny. That checks out. Did you turn out okay? Um, it's debatable. That's what I'm saying. So he'll be fine. Like anything that he wants to do that you can participate in, you try to do that as long as you can. That's true. It's actually cool. Like my daughter likes to play video games with my wife. Like they play the Harry Potter game all the time. She also oh, likes yeah. to make awesome. opens for the show for us. Yeah, you can tell when it's her too. <laughs> Jared Payton doesn't like him. Whenever <laughs> I let her do Jared's open. Today was not her. You didn't let her like go through boogie nights to find uh, to find that Correct. cut. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's just good parenting. <laughs> that's just wise. That you didn't do that. But yeah, thankfully, since I'm a millennial, like anything that can be marketed and sold to me will be done. So NHL 94 was eventually re-released on, yep. the, on the Xbox arcade format. Oh, so yeah. you can just download that and play it all day, That's which I thing. do. Yeah, <laughs> which you do. See, it's amazing. I don't have I don't have time, so I just have to like hope my hope yeah. my son gets into something that I can actually. Play along well, with sports him. games are the best because, like, like me, I just like to play twenty minutes at a time because I don't have hours and hours and yeah. hours. So that's why football games are perfect. NHL ninety four is perfect for just like you just need to decompress for a little bit or decompose, as Mike Francesa says. Yeah, well, <laughs> honestly, at this point, Danny, I think we'd take either one. Danny, we're long overdue for another Miss Pac Man battle. You and I, sure, mm-hmm. yeah, let's do it. It legendary. Uh, can... It brought the Spiegel and Parkins show together back it in the did. day. Um, I could lose money to you again in uh, Miss Pac Man. I look forward to it. Quite confident at that. Oh, it's our favorite time of the week, story time. We have things to talk about with him, but we really never know where it's going to go with Dave Wanstead next on The Score. You going to pop in here for a couple minutes? I can say hello to you, Mr. Wanstead. Dave Wanstead. Shane, wake up. NFL head coach for 11 years. The Bears came in here, and Dave Wanstead, there's a happy group of overachievers that have been well coached. College football national champion. A number of legends here tonight. Dave Wanstead. Super Bowl champion. Dave Wanstead, one of my, you know, really idols. Football analyst for NBC Sports Chicago. Hey, Dave, you want to bring back the bottle of wine bet? Yeah. You want Kansas City? Go ahead. You All right, you know it. what? You know what? Actually, never, never mind. I rescinded the bottle of wine bet. We started this with Mexican food. Margarita bet. The show goes out to Mexican food with you. Whoever wins the bet has to pay for the margaritas for the group. Okay, that's a, that's a deal. All right, there we go. As long as you pay for dinner, no matter what. Well, right, obviously, you're paying for the food. Yeah. Uh, you guys are the best. Is something tall and strong. Make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only half past 12, but I don't care. Five o'clock somewhere. Speaks is toasting. If you want to come hang out with us at the Blue Cross Blue Shield performance stage next Wednesday for our QB1 Town Hall, give us a call 312 540 0670. Caller 5 and 10. Get a pair of tickets. You can also text us and we'll send you back a link to register online. If you've got a thought on who the next quarterback of the Bears should be, if you just want to watch the show, if you want to come hang with us next Wednesday, 312-540-0670 is the contest line. Also, you can text us and Shane will get back to you. Dave Wanstead is with us from sunny Florida. Coach, do you like salt on the rim of your margaritas, sir? Mm. I think he's, I cannot hear Dave. I believe Dave is muted. Is a possibility. All right. Let's see. You got to admit though, that was a good intro. Was, he's was, not muted. It might be our our issue. So just 
buffer for a second. Okay. Or filibuster right. for a second. I'm sorry. Yeah. Filibuster. I, he's, he'll buffer while we filibuster. Do you, Matt Spiegel, like salt with your margaritas? I do. Um, yeah. Sometimes even like, uh, is it tahin or taijin as it's pronounced? Tahin. Yes. Tahin. <laughs> yeah. I like, I, like, I like that stuff. Uh, as well, uh, Danny, have you ever tried that? Yeah, yeah, no, I have. I but I never have tried to pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> well, that's my job. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> that's my role. Spicy? Do you do you, do you or like flavor? Like, will you go? Will you go jalapeno with your marg? Will you go peach with your marg? What's, I, what's your? I, I what's like your... a I like a spicy marg, but once I go down that, I, I like I can't have a lot of them. It, it, like it just it seems an insane thing to try and do to have a lot of them. You, sir, your thoughts? Yeah, margs are dangerous for me. I love them so much, and I will have anything. I pitcher, uh, some uh, pitcher margs, strawberry marg, peach marg, mm-hmm. jalapeno marg, grand marnier is delicious in a in a marg. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll go I'll go deep on, on the margs. He's no connecting problem. again. We should be okay in a second. All right, good. Uh, that's awesome. We'll uh, keep buffering. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> we we will. We we can buffer with the best of them. I've seen us do it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, interesting that Eddie Jackson has been released. I saw a quote just a couple of minutes ago, uh, Danny, from Eddie Jackson, from a story that Josh Schrock had written uh, in, I believe, December over at NBC Sports Chicago, where Eddie Jackson said that he would really like to be a part of this thing now that it's going well on the Bears' defense. To go away at this point, that would suck said Eddie Jackson. So it's interesting to think about the entire arc of his Bears career and where he is now, um, and he wants to be here, but the Bears have moved on. I think we have uh, Coach uh, back with us at this point. I hey, am Coach. here. Coach. I am here. What's happening? You, you guys squeezing me out. Uh, you know, could be the la- uh, take a little break, little show, last show for a while, and uh, no connection. What's the deal, Shane? <laughs> Oh wow! What's Take some accountability, Coach. Point of thumb. I, I I don't know. I don't. What are you yes, drinking, Danny? Dan, uh, what am I drinking? I'm drinking a little Bradshaw, sipping a little Bradshaw bourbon. All right, go uh, ahead. Danny. Danny, I do like salt with my margaritas, and yes, uh, I do owe you some margaritas for the right. or the guys, everybody, I guess. All right. Well, you're coming. You're coming in for the draft, right? So we'll go out. Uh, we'll go out in, in maybe maybe April. I'll be here the whole week in the draft. I got all kind of action going on. Yep, that'll be a good week. All right, that, all right. that that's awesome. That'll that'll be something to look forward to. What's your favorite Mexican dish to order at the Mexican restaurant, Coach? Oh, here we go. Nachos, without a doubt. <laughs> I just <laughs> eat not eat not nachos three nights a week if I could for dinner. That's it. Love them. <laughs> Perfect answer. Uh, yep. Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair released by the Bears. Were you surprised at either move? Uh, no, no, uh, not really. I mean, I, you know, Eddie Bonds back this year had a better year. Had, did not have a very good year last year. Uh, you know, made the Pro Bowl, so he obviously everybody had high hopes for him. But you know, when when you look at that secondary, uh, you know, with Terrell Smith, throw him into the mix. We we signed Gordon back. If we get uh, Jalen Johnson back, assuming. Uh, you know, it's it's a good young group with a lot of talent, and you always want to try to draft, you know, another young defensive back. So getting a safety would not be a problem. I mean, I said it on the show during the season. I said, 
if we moved uh, Stevenson, you know, to safety, I think he'd be a great safety. Hmm. And maybe maybe Terrell Smith is your corner, who's a little bit more athletic, I think, personally, and I think he's a little smoother. Uh, both really good players going to play in this league. But Stevenson's got that safety mentality. He's a really good tackler. We saw that. He's really a tough guy. We saw that. So, you know, I think they could do some things within the structure they have if they don't want to go out and get another guy. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought about Tyreek Stevenson moving there. You're right. Terrell Smith was pretty impressive as a fifth-round rookie. Danny and I were talking the other day. It seems like free safety has kind of become the running back of the defense in terms of value and contract. Like, you don't pay a lot for a free safety um, these days. Eddie got one deal, but it's very common to see veteran free safeties jump around, even at, you know, 27, 28, 29, and certainly in their young 30s, they'll they'll, they'll jump around and move around this league an awful lot. Yeah, they, they do. You know, and, and safety is a position, Spiegs, uh that, uh, how can I say this? I mean, it's a, as important position as anything. I'm not going to, but I mean, we always, you know, you work from the outside in by that. I mean, your corners, your pass rushers, your defensive tackles, your linebackers, and then the safeties. Uh, and Brisker is kind of a very versatile guy. We all know that he can play up in the box, run support. He's a good blitzer. He's proven that he can cover tight ends. <clears throat> you know, so they, what they need in safety, they don't need a killer. They need somebody that's smart and we'll get the guy on the ground. Uh, he, the guy doesn't need to be, in my opinion, a great, great player, uh, but he's got to be very smart. He's got to be very instinctive. And when he does have to make a tackle, you got to get him on the ground. So uh, I think there's some reasons that, that, um, that the bears are doing this. And I, I feel very confident that they'll be able to fit that role. Do you think then that the biggest need I think I've asked you this before, but I don't remember your answer. Is it edge rusher then for the defense? Yeah, edge rusher. Because I'm, I'm, ho- I'm holding out hope with our young two young defensive tackles that we drafted. I, I really like what Billings did last year. I think we got good defensive tackles, good enough defensive tackles that they will improve, and they're young enough. Uh, what I don't see is I think we need a explosive edge rusher. I really do. I, I think we. Uh, and if he's if he's not the starter, you know he works his way into the lineup and uh, use him in certain situations. I think that that player could have a huge impact on the team. You know, coach, it's fascinating. It's such an important position, and it often gets drafted over and over and over again. But are the Bears in a position where they don't need a corner, where they like don't even have to think about it too much of the draft? Maybe get a couple undrafted free agents in to see who can fight for the bottom, but you've got, I mean, unless they move Tyreek, like you're talking, like you're mentioning, but Jalen Johnson and Tyreek and Kyler at the starters. And then Terrell Smith, who you mentioned, I think Jalen Jones as an undrafted guy has been real good. I know Josh Blackwell's a free agent, but they've liked him in the past. It's like, do they need to draft a corner? No. Um, I mean, do, do you have to, I think you always have to draft a corner at some point in the draft, but you can find a kid, uh, a corner that's got all those intangibles. He's fast. He's tough. You know, and maybe he hasn't had a lot of recognition, or he's coming off an. There, there's something there that uh, you can see that raw ability, and he doesn't have to come in and be a starter for you. I think that's the key. So I would definitely draft one. Absolutely, I would. But you really probably won't need one, providing you sign Jalen Johnson back. 
We're talking to Dave Wanstead, Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Uh, did you watch the Kevin Warren interview that he did with Jarrett Payton? I didn't watch it on TV. No, I just heard the comments. You know, that's all. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I did not see it. No. I'm, I'm wondering. But, um, you know, he he was very complimentary of Justin. Uh, he talked a lot about what he is and getting better and he talked about the value of trading back and acquiring draft assets and how that worked last year and how it could work again uh this year and all that and I didn't think that he said anything that was wrong at all but I was a little surprised that the plan for answering football questions wasn't those decisions are up to Ryan I'm just here to help him in any way that he needs did you did you think at all that he said too much about football? Uh, no, because okay. I don't think he's I don't think he said anything that you wouldn't have said or expected him to say. I mean, no, I, I I thought it was right on point. I mean, somebody brought that up to me earlier in the week, and I said, "So what do you expect him to do? Go in and criticize Justin Fields? If no. he's the guy, you you want to comment him, you want to uh, compliment him." And if you're going to trade him, you want to compliment him, you know, to keep in your mind the value up. Uh, so he didn't say anything, Danny, that surprised me. Uh, you know, obviously he did make the point. There was a lot of people thinking maybe that was he going to be involved in the draft? No, I don't want to take that player. I want to take this guy. He, he made that very clear that that's Ryan Poles' wheelhouse and DeFloos is the coach and Ryan does the personnel. And I'm here to support him. You know, I read something that he said, hey, you, you know, when you want to build something that's going to last a long time, you have to put in time and you have to give it time to develop. So I, I thought he was very, uh, uh, very complimentary about Justin. I thought he was solid with polls, the job he's doing, and Fluce. So I guess at the end of the day, he really didn't say anything. Yeah, well, that's, that's a politician oftentimes, right? <laughs> he's, he's good at it. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Coach, Dave Wanstead, how many times were you at the NFL's scouting combine when there was a president, uh, a team president there, or a representative from ownership there in your recollection? Because Kevin Warren mentioned that he'd be going to the combine, and, you know, we'll talk about it more as the combine uh, approaches, but is it uh, – it, 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 is, is it customary to see a team president go along on a trip like this or not? Not really a team president. Now, I mean, I've, you know, I've gone to, I think, 18 different combines. And uh, uh, I sat with Jerry Jones in the bleachers there at Indy a lot of time and talked with him, you know, as an owner. Uh, I, I've seen several owners there in the past. In fact, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Art Rooney came through. I mean, I, I, I'd have to sit down and go through it, but it was not. Uh, yeah, not I've, heard, I've heard. I've heard George McCaskey has gone in previous years. George is probably gone. Yeah, Michael never went when I was at the Bears, but I'm sure George is gone. And uh, uh, as far as presidents, you know, there could have been. I, I, I I'm just kind of going going back for a few years no i i can't i'm sure there were i would be willing to bet the were. i don't know if ted phillips ever went or not you know if george went ted may have gone uh, mm-hmm. so it doesn't surprise me and kevin warren i think he's trying to gather information too and get a little bit educated whether he was there when he was at minnesota probably not because he was in a different role with a different title just working with stadium and finances 
now he's overseeing the big, um, you know, he's got the, the whole, the whole uh, umbrella that he's overseeing. So, you know, I think he, he's probably smart in saying, I'm going to go to this thing and just see what goes on, you know, not, not have an opinion, just watch with the scouts and the coaches and what the players do on the field, what goes on in the interview rooms. I mean, there's so much that happens there and what happens with players getting their physicals and stuff. So, I think it's a smart move for Kevin Warren to go there and get educated. That's how I would put it. How's it been going with you? Have you been working with uh, draft prospects down there? Combines in two weeks. Uh, you know what? I haven't done much yet. Talk, talking to some kids. Uh, no, actually, I, uh, I've just been playing a little golf. I played in the uh, PGA uh, Pro-Am, the senior tour yesterday. I played in the Pro-Am with some guys from the Rich Carlton, they invited me to play. And uh, just been doing that stuff. I really haven't bit into the draft stuff real heavy yet, but I'm I'm about to. Any celebrities to to- any celebrities in that pro am? Anybody we would know in that pro am with you uh, yesterday? I mean you're you're a big enough celebrity for us that makes us happy. Well, I don't know. Is um Freddie Couples is John Daly? I don't know. Those guys do anything for you? Yeah. Of course. Okay. Yeah, John, okay. Fred Couples, good putter, John Daly. Good drinker, B- big smoker. Still, John. Yeah. John is finally back. He's allowed. He's back. Uh, back in the tournament. It's great to see him there. Absolutely. You know, Bernard I, Langer. I sat. In, you know, he he had. He was using the locker next to mine, so we talked for a little bit. So, yeah, there's there's some people here. How how well do you know John Daly? Uh, I don't. I met him about five years ago, and right away because of the Arkansas Jimmy Johnson Jerry Jones connection. We had a a common uh, common thing to talk about, and uh, yeah, so we, we had a little conversation. That, but that's it, really, just on the golf course twice. So, uh, two weeks out from the combine, right? What has Ryan Poles accomplished at this point versus what he still needs to before he gets there? Like, what, what do they do? What are they doing right now? Well, obviously, they got the list of guys that are going to be there. Uh, they're going through the preliminary reports from a medical standpoint, uh, from a character standpoint. They're not talking. The drills and the physical part, that is locked in. I mean, they're not concerned about seeing how fast um, player X runs, okay? I mean, you know, they that that's interesting to them, but they like him as a player. They know he's going to be fast enough. But it's the Jalen Carters of last year of the world that might have, and I use the word might have, a character issue that, that Ryan Poles is going through the list right now and say, when we bring it, these are the guys we got to bring in for interviews. And these are the guys we've got to target. And these are the things we have to find out. So anybody that's out there with all the scouts and directors, we need to be trying to hit people up talk to them, see what they know about these players, and, and our concerns are here. So that's kind of what, you know, what's going on right now. See, that that's interesting. And then at the Combine, I mean, we've talked a lot about this dynamic. I, I, I don't know whether you buy it or not, that Caleb Williams is checking you out while you're also checking him out. And you gotta be nah. con- you got to be conscious of that. Do you buy that or not, Dave? I don't buy that speaks not one bit. I mean that no, he, 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 he he's coming on a job interview. 
And uh, yeah, on a job interview, sure, you do you check the employer out? Absolutely. But I don't believe, and I've talked to some people this week going back to Gonzaga High School, where he went to high school in D.C., that, you know, that swear the kid's a good kid and, and his dad's doing a little bit of talking and so forth. But the kid's a good kid. And at the end of the day, uh, if he ends up in Chicago, that he would be excited to be a bear. I mean, that's what that's what the people that have known him since high school, since he was, you know, 17, 8, 16 years old, whatever. That's what they say about him. Well, that, and obviously they're they're going to be a little biased, but I get that, you know. Yeah, well, that, well, that's really interesting. Yeah, we talked to his high school coach on this show um, a couple of weeks ago. Right. Um, yeah, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for a call from him. He hadn't got back to me yet, but yes, go ahead. All right, so you talked to somebody else who's who's known him known him back at that long. Yeah, yes. you know, it, it's like they're digging around. We think about you and Curtis Enos a lot. We really do, Coach. It's a fact. Like, as much as you looked into Curtis Enos, felt like you had all those different sources and you still don't know. So they're doing that kind of digging. And it sounds like you've done a little, or at least it's been presented to you, and the Caleb stuff has been good so far. Yeah, I I haven't heard anything that would uh, scare me away from the kid's desire to win, the desire to be great, work ethic, uh, any of that stuff. I haven't heard anything, you know, but, uh, but we got to what three months before the draft. There'll be a lot of stuff starting around between now and then. There's some fallout and some secondary Super Bowl storyline stuff, Dave, that uh, want to get your opinion yeah. on. Um, we'll do We'll do it on the other side. Defensive coordinator was the fall guy for, for the San Francisco yep. 49ers. Uh, we got, we got, we got some uh, fallout from that big game with Dave wants that next on the score. Parkins and Spiegel show flashback. Oh, the legend. We don't need Dave Wanstead for this segment. We need Whitey. <laughs> Whitey, you made Wani's career. You and Big Dave are the people uh, behind big, Wani's career. Big Dave standing right beside me. Happy Friday to you guys. I would like to congratulate Cam Hayward for winning the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. Very prestigious, a great honor for Pittsburgh fans. I got Kansas City winning 24-24, and the difference in the game is Andy Reid's second-half adjustment. 27-24. 27-24, and Andy Reid Andy making second-half adjustment is going to be the difference of the game. And there you have it. Thank you, Whitey. It's thank, phenomenal. Thank you, Whitey, with the assist of Big Dave. I don't think we've ever talked to Whitey without Big Dave nearby <laughs> or vice versa. Big Dave off to the side. I mean, honestly, a really good pick. Really good. They were down 10-3 at half. Final score, 25-22. W- well delivered and uh, with a nice uh, Pittsburghish addition there. Coach, thank you for bringing Whitey and Big Dave into our lives. Yes, absolutely. I'm just looking to see if, uh, sorry about, <clears throat> if JR, uh, my buddy, dropped off my truck. I had a detail today. I can't, I don't know. I'm trying to look through the window there. That's so why I changed the view. Okay, you notice that? Yeah. Got a little different view here. Yeah, we, we do. Like so you, you need to go. You need to go check on your truck. We can, we can buffer. No. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. JR, I, I was going to bring him in for bourbon. You know, he drinks a little whiskey, but uh, <laughs> he may have just left it in the driveway for me. So we're good. Everything's good. Just got a little, 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 little detail done on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. got to get it detailed to have the truck delivered to the house and then have a bourbon with the truck delivery guy. Of course. Of course you do. 
Um, in Florida. How do you feel about Steve Wilkes being fired in San Francisco after only one year? Kyle Shanahan just said it, it, wasn't, it just wasn't the right fit. You know, you go back to that game, and I, and I hate to say this because, you know, first of all, let me t- let's just talk about, okay, what the 49ers have done to be one of the better defenses in the league. They rush four, a la Tampa Bay, a la me, Dallas Cowboys, Dolphins, Bears. Uh, play coverage, a little bit of pressure, but not much. The first half of that game, Kansas City pressured 53% of the time, right? Guess how many times did the 49ers pressure? Zero. So that tells me that that is not in their wheelhouse okay so the game is going on and now they are pressing end of the game i'm seeing a few little pressures mixed in mixed in and the thought that came to my mind and it ended up being the defining play when we were playing in that first super bowl i remember going in putting the game plan in the first day and I'm putting the blitzes every week, you know, every defensive coach, I don't care if you blitz 90% of the time or 10% of the time, you got to have blitzes ready to go. We all know that. So I'm putting in the blitzes for the Super Bowl against Buffalo. And one of our players says, coach, these are the blitzes that we ran in the very first game against Washington. I said, you're exactly right. You know why? Because I don't trust you damn guys. If I put a new blitz in, somebody's going to turn somebody loose and we're going to get beat. So we're going to run the blitzes that I know that I am confident with that you will be able to execute regardless of what the offense gives us. Shifts, motions, crazy formations. We can run these five, six blitzes because we've been doing them since OTAs, guys. And we did them in the preseason, guys. And we did them, in, and we did them all year long. And I really think that Blitz, yeah, you're trying to get guys free, but most of the time, and I've studied this now, most of the time guys come free, and Spags did a great job. He got some guys untouched free. But the, the majority of blitzes come because somebody gets beat or somebody makes a mental mistake on offense, and they're giving great effort, and the, they get pressure on the quarterback and it's thrown. So now, fast forward. Now we're down to that last play of the game. And I'm watching the game, and they bring that, and they do the boomerang motion or whatever you want to call it, back and forth. And in that situation, your corner, your safety, your nickel have to be communicating. You know, we can play it three different ways. We can trio it. We can banjo it. We can zone it. But you got to know what you're going to do because it's going to happen so fast. And the corner from San Francisco looked at the either the nickel or the safety inside And in that split second, the guy was in the flat, open, touchdown, Super Bowl, game over. So, you know, is that a fault? No, because I stand by this. Can't, it wasn't, San Francisco really didn't lose the game in my mind. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes just just did a great job and and I played him. I mean, I'm not going to put this on San Francisco except that I wanted to tell you that story about the blitz at the end and the pressure because I've lived that. And I, I had a bad feeling about 
San Francisco blitzing with Steve Wilkes because it's not something they do week after week after week after week. That's great stuff from Dave Wanstead about the Niners defense. One more question on that. Um, They didn't have a spy on Patrick Mahomes, and maybe you're not supposed to or you're not like you don't think about it, but I feel like he knows it late in games, and he knows that his legs can make the difference. And I'm not talking about the zone read play as much as I am talking about the scramble plays. Like, he he got five first downs with his legs, Coach. Five. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're right. He was their leading rusher. You know, would he have over 60 yards rushing? So, uh, no, I wouldn't put a spy on Patrick Mahomes either. But San Francisco plays enough zone coverage where they're going to be looking at the quarterback where you're not, you know, he may get a three or four-yard run, but he's not going to get a 20-yard run on you. And the real key is making sure your defensive linemen have their lanes. You know, in other words, Bosa, I don't know what he was doing. He said he got held. For him to let Mahomes get outside around the edge two or three times, that was disappointing to me. I mean, you got to – against a quarterback like Mahomes, I would be telling our guys, I want to know your rush lane. In other words, you're rushing between the guard and the center. This is what we're going to do. Everybody knows where everybody's going to be rushing the quarterback. And then the goal against Patrick Mahomes is not to sack him. The goal against Patrick Mahomes is to make him throw the ball on time in the pocket. Mm -hmm. And that didn't happen. That didn't happen. So, Coach, um, you you know, I love hearing you in the morning with Mully and And Danny knows I I sometimes find myself envious envious of morning Wani, but we get afternoon Wani. So as the proud hosts of afternoon Wani, Got to follow up. Travis Kelsey yelling at Andy Reid and bumping him made you talk about some incidents where players yelled at you. So there was Jim Harbaugh. You said yelled at you. Zach Thomas yelled at you. But the one that caught my ear was Charles Haley at halftime and some other player had to step in. Could you could you paint a picture of the mighty Charles Haley and you at halftime of a Super Bowl, I believe, right? It was the NFC Championship game the weekend, the week before the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, it, it, and you know, it's the the players are wanting to win, and they're want. It, it's not a selfish thing, you know. Uh, Jim was trying to complete passes, and we had other than Tommy Waddle, you know, who I, I mentioned was taped up from head to toe when I was by the time I started coaching Tommy. Every other player was a free agent, and they were trying like hell to get open, and they couldn't. And Jim's frustrated because nobody's open. And I said, what do you want me to tell you? You know, I mean, and then Zach Thomas, the Jets were doing a great thing. They were motioning the guy in who was a wide receiver. He was supposed to be covering the third guy from the outside. So visualize this. One, two, three. Whoever that guy is, corner's got one. Nichols got two. Zach, you got three. We got it. 99% of the time, it was the tight end. And the Jets did a great job. They motioned Corbett, a wide receiver, all the way from the outside, all the way in to become the number three guy. Well, guess who had the number three guy now? Zach. And and Corbett, you know, as a Corbett, I'm sorry, is a wide receiver. You know, Zach can't cover him. And uh, so he's running routes and catching some balls. And Zach, you know, I says, Yeah, I did it, Zach. We'll ch-, you know, so we changed the coverage. All right, but, but, uh, but did, Char- did Charles Haley try to kick your butt in the halftime locker room, Coach? He tried to kick my butt three times during that year. Now, that, no, all he said was, keep in mind, we had just acquired Charles from the 49ers. 
and it was a muddy, sloppy day at Candlestick Park. That red clay dirt. And they were running 36 power, blocked on, fullback kick out, guard pull, and they were going to push that ball up inside with, who was it, Rathman or Rogier or whoever they had. I, don't, I can't remember. But uh, Roger Craig. And, Roger Craig, thank you. And, yeah, Rathman was the fullback. And, and Charles's job was either defensive end, it was him or Jim Jeffcoat on the other side, was to come down and wreck that pulling guard and bust everything and kick it to the perimeter so we could run it down. Well, they kept running it and running it and running it. And we went in at halftime, and Charles was covered with mud from head to toe. And Jim Jeffcoat's uniform did not have one ounce of mud on it. And they were literally trying to just come after Charles. And so he had, you know, he wanted me to move him. He says, Coach, you got to do something different. I'm getting killed out there. You got to move me. And I, and I says, Charles, I don't have an answer for that, buddy. You're, you're our best player. You got to win this battle. And then they got one thing after another. And then Tony could see it. You know, and it, yeah, guys separated. It, 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 you know, it was halftime of the end. Then I don't think they heard one word of anything I said at halftime. I know they did. They were back in the shower <laughs> arguing. That is pretty incredible. Oh, man. Um, how impressive is Steve Spagnolo having four rings as a defensive coordinator? Yeah, uh, pretty impressive, obviously. You know, do you know and, him? Uh, I do not know Spags. I've met Spags, but I don't know him, no. But, but you know, the thing that he has done, and, and keep this thought in mind, I don't know if we talked about this, they have six players, okay? And the Bears could get this way. Think about this, Bears fans. They got six players on that defense that are still in their rookie contracts, first, second, third, or fourth year. And McDuffie, the one corner, was talking about, you know, we are trying to earn another contract. And so we are here 24-7. And Coach Spags puts us playing corner. Okay, today you're going to play nickel. Tomorrow you're going to play safety. You know, trying to keep their interest up, keep their energy up for the whole offseason. And he has done a great job with these young players. And the young players admit it. We're there all the time. And we're just, we, we want more. Give us more. Give us more. And, uh, you know, and, and he's, he got the most out of them. And those guys performed and they didn't make mistakes. They didn't give up the big plays. You know, like you would think it would with that young of a group of guys. All right, well, Dave, we you know uh, you're taking some time off, but you're available unless you're doing something. What's, yes. uh, what's, what's your plan between now and the draft? Well, I'm playing golf tomorrow with a bunch of Chicago guys. Terry Lefevre. Uh, I think Joey DeBono is going to be in that foursome. Uh, Juan is, is uh, I think, hosting us. I know he's hosting us. So I'm going to play golf tomorrow. Terry Lefevre, got... Terry Lefevre's with the Park District, right? It's a legend of the Park no, District. Is that his brother? That's, that's his brother, Tim. Okay. Terry's a, Tim is a, Tim, uh, Terry's a criminal defense attorney. But uh, I, uh, and then handy. Saturday, and then Saturday we're going to go up to the uh, Chubb, the senior tour, and I'll walk around a little bit. I got some passes, and we're going to hang out up there. Um 
And I don't know. You know, I got some things on the books next week we got to take care of. But uh, every, everything's good. I'm a very blessed. I'm very blessed. You deserve the some... life. You deserve the life so, you're living, Coach. We believe I'm, it. Just, just waiting on a uh, couch. Just waiting on a living room couch. You know, I'm sitting out back here. We got the TV. We got the beds. We got the appliances. Furniture's a little bit on the uh, slow side. But other oh, from, than that, we're good. From the house after the hurricane, it's coming along? It's ready to go. When's our invite? Tomorrow. Yeah, you're so Come hospitable. All right. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Let's Good. All right, Dave. Here. I'm not going anywhere. All right. Thank you, guys. Enjoyed right. it. And uh, Tanny, as they say, I'm always available, buddy. Okay? So just let the people know. And I'm always available unless I'm doing something. Uh... <laughs> That's a great one. That's a great one. Coach, you guys the are the best. You're the Love best. Love you guys. Love, Love you, you too, guys. Dave. See you. see you, man. Bye-bye. Dave wants that. Come on. I'm going to miss him next Thursday. I mean, come on. I'm going to miss him. All the football talk, the, the fire and the passion there with the football stuff. and the, the the Bears need to do something so that we can call him. I agree. Right. I agree. They, they will. They got to do something. They will. When they trade Justin to his Pittsburgh Steelers, you know? Yeah. Oh, my. It's a great question. Oh, uh, yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> He's still on the Zoom. He's walking around waiting for the couch guy. He's still there. Coach. Hey, Coach. Spigs, I'm here. I'm here, Spigs. Are you there? I'm looking to see if my man, J.R. Nacero, if he delivered my truck. You hey, know? D- Dave, what do you think about Justin Fields and the Steelers? I don't think it'll never. It will not happen. Wow. Okay, the, the Steelers take their time. And they think through everything, and they're very methodical. They got Kenny Pickett that they love. Mason Rudolph proved that he can come off the bench and help them win games. Uh, they made the, the, the move with uh, our man Mitch Trubisky. That's not happening, guys. So don't even waste air time on that. All right, Dave. Wow. See? All right. Thanks, All right. Coach. Glad we, Bye, got, glad we got that in. Oh, yeah, I yeah, didn't, me mean to bo- didn't, mean, didn't mean to bother you. See you. No, 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 never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. You know what would be awesome? Coach. <laughs> Just leave yourself connected. Well, he really is always available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even when he's doing something. What would be funny is tweeting out that clip because he's not it was just his pitch. iPad staring at the sky <laughs> in sunny Florida. Dave just walking around seeing if his truck detail delivery guy had come. Oh, I, 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 it's not going to happen. Seriously. They, they love Mason Rudolph. That answer reeked of, ah, we drafted Curtis Enos. We didn't need Randy Moss. We had Bobby Thigpen. Yeah. We were going to run the ball. But Dave knows people. He knows people up there, man. That was pretty freaking definitive right there. It, it, we, should, we should tweet that out exactly. It's like, <laughs> while waiting for his truck detail guy, Dave Wanstead killed Justin Fields to the Steelers rumors. Yeah, and Bobby Thigpen was... He wasn't on the south side anymore, closing games at that point. Uh, you know, I don't know what he was doing, but Bobby Thigpen wasn't on Wani's Bears. What did I say? Bobby Ingram. Yeah. B- Bobby Ingram. He said Bobby Thigpen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's My amazing. My bad. That's always amazing. thinking about the Sox. Yeah, know? well, you know, he's got, ba- he's got baseball in the brain, famously. I can't stop. <laughs> Won't, Won't stop. stop. <laughs> we'll see you. Parkinson and Spiegel, the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Here you go, Matt. Here you go, Danny. Afternoons on the score. Charlie, I appreciate you hanging out with me, man. I, I hope I get to ch- talk with you again uh, some, some, sometime soon for a little bit longer. Oh, you 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 won't. This is this is your one time deal. <laughs>
That was Gabe Ramirez with Charlie Weiss. A spectacular moment in their excellent conversation. That is a worse guy than my Uncle Irwin right there. He's being sarcastic. It was it was a, it was a, in full context they had they had good banter. Okay. Back back and forth. I was going to say nobody talks to Gabe like that. It was it was excellent. But Charlie Weiss can be uh, worse than your Uncle Irwin. You're not terribly far off. <laughs> uh, he he's a bit of a curmudgeon and he had takes, Speaks. He had takes on America's much maligned broadcaster of the Super Bowl, Tony Romo. Yeah, you know, I wasn't listening to those guys because they 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 really turned me off. I have to tell you, I'd <laughs> rather they do. They turn me off. I mean, I listened to the end of the game and I listened to, to to Tony Romo ruin the moment. Just shut up and let us savor the moment. Just be quiet. They just it's a Nance had already said jackpot. You know, like they, he had already said that's that should have been the end of the co- conversion. I don't need to hear your analysis of what just happened. I just watched it. I want to watch the moment. I want to enjoy the moment as a sports fan. Okay, we please, please just let us enjoy the moment. It's different than Mitch Holt, you know, Mitch on radio having to describe the moment because you're not seeing it. We're watching it. Let us watch it. I, I try to watch the game and not let the announcers ruin the game for me. You know, I it's not like I could listen to somebody like you who's doing a the game. There are announcers that I really enjoy listening to, but then there's announcers where if I have to listen to them, I'd rather go to the bathroom and throw up. <laughs> I mean, critics are extra large. Like, that, that is an unbelievable scathing commentary. Couch potato corner! Honestly, he really does understand the TV business, though. He's pretty spot on. Oh, no. He's Nance de- with the call. The call should be jackpot. Then the picture should tell the story. I don't need your analysis. I just watched it. Yeah. Tell me what you think after I absorb the moment. He's right. Must be very uncomfortable for him to go to the bathroom and throw up. For that to be top of mind as the if reference. If I have to listen to him, I'd rather go to the bathroom and throw up. I mean, like, seriously, that's, that, that's so readily available as an awful experience. I mean, it's not great to throw up, but if you have no. to... You feel good after you throw up if it's really bad in your stomach, you know? But that's the number one analyst, too. So, I mean, whenever he's watching his his beloved Patriots, he's often getting Romo. He got him in the AFC Championship game. He got him in the Super Bowl. That's a, that's a, lot, of, that's a lot of vomit yeah. for, for Charlie White. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, he won three Super Bowls as a coordinator. He, yeah. was, he was one of the guys in a five-way tie. With Steve Spagnolo, it was him, Romeo Cronell, and Josh McDaniels, and then Richie Pettibone, Joe Gibbs' defensive coordinator, and Steve Spagnolo. And now Spags has four and just signed an extension today, as a matter of fact. He's not going anywhere. I wouldn't think he would go anywhere. It's an excellent hire by Andy Reid to bring him in. And that's an interesting list because it's Belichick coattail riders. Absolutely. Pettibone was great. Pettibone was great for a long, long time. And then he finally got a chance to be a head coach in Washington, and it went horribly for one year. Then he quit and never coached again. (laughs) So it is an interesting list. Uh, Speaking of defensive coordinators, your guy, Brandon Staley, perhaps likely to get the Niners job that Steve Wilkes had been fired from. So be interesting to see what kind of leads they can blow.
in the future good, years. No, you know? he will not. No, that will not be his within his purview. What? He won't be make. He won't be making two point conversion and go for it decisions. That'll oh, be Kyle Shanahan. He can screw up on defense though too. Oh come on, it's a good job. Niners defensive coordinator. That's a very good job. Mm-hmm. A lot of talent on that defense. Very good organization. Very, very, very helpful. <laughs> yeah, Textures enjoyed conversion instead of conversation. What else? Whatever, Charlie. You were close. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He forget it. He's rolling. He's talking about. He's talking about vomiting. So Kobe White is turning into something. We got to put that into context. But two longtime Bears, Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson. Uh, not Jalen Johnson. Oh, my God. Eddie, Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair. How dare uh, you? I would never. Uh, were released today. And we should put it into some big picture context of what it means for Ryan Poles for the offseason. So busy 5 o'clock hour still to come. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. If I have to listen to him, I'd rather go to the bathroom and throw up. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. We are going to now hear from some of Kevin Warren. The stadium stuff, what he's talking about in terms of the location and the lakefront. One good thing about Chicago, you know, we need to make sure that it's, it's close to the lakefront because I think that's what brings it all together. I always think about, you know, those money shots of Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football. Just a breathtaking view of the skyline here. Mm, it is, Jim. Money shot is, uh, in general, just a term for any kind of film. I don't know if anybody <laughs> went to a specific kind of film, but I was able to confirm that money shot uh, really relates to any uh, film, video, television broadcast, or even print publication. Yeah, that makes That's sense. That's a fun movie. Yeah, yeah good, good, good research by you. It's an, it's an industry term. Soldier Field, Chicago, Illinois. Here comes the money shot. You from... Michigan. Chris in Oak Park. Chris, what's up, man? You're on Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Speaks for your sake, I hope you erase your uh, search history so it doesn't say that you were looking up what a money shot was. I will. Today. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. Let's not get a comfortable. You know, those money shots. <laughs> any film. Any film at all. You know? A, a video. Careful. All right, all right. Uh, of any kind. <laughs> Who knows? What he's gonna say next. And all that's gonna come up is yeah. All that's gonna come up is Wikipedia on my searches. The only somebody's reading Wikipedia. Thank you. I'm not a complicated man. I like cinema. That's just something that I enjoy. Call me crazy. Call me a pervert. But there's one little thing that I want to do in this life, and that is I want to make a dollar and a cent in this business. You know those money shots. One, two, three. Here we go, Jim. Here we go. Here we go. Parkinson Spiegel Show, afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, Parkinson Spiegel on The Score. The mob takes care of us. We want to take care of you. You can hang out in person on Wednesday. You just got to be available to come to the Prudential Building, Blue Cross Blue Shield Performance Stage. Register to attend odyssey.com slash 670thescorer slash contest or text us and we'll send you the link. So just text 312-644-6767 and say, I want to go to the town hall and we'll send you a link back. That is on Wednesday from 2 to 6. So just text us that you want to go to the town hall. We'll send you the link right there to your phone to register for a shot to win. Uh, We're hoping to have people who want to participate and weigh in. But also you can just come and... uh, 
hang out, take a picture with the Caleb Williams jersey, yell at us, celebrate us, hang out, whatever the case may be, but also a good chance to get on the air if you want to do so. Turned into a pretty interesting sports day around these parts. Connor Bedard is back for the Blackhawks and is playing tonight. Uh, The Bulls with a tough loss in Cleveland, but Kobe White was really impressive on and off the court. Dylan Cease trade talks, Danny, are heating up a little bit with the Baltimore Orioles, according to our Bruce Levine, because they had a couple injuries that got reported. They don't have a ton of pitching in the farm system. Cubs, not so much news out there, but the Bears made the biggest news of the day. Yeah, they did. Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair have been released. Jaquan Brisker has already tweeted about how tough it is for him to see Eddie Jackson go. This was not uh, unexpected given their age, productivity, uh, but expensive salary. You'll, you'll see some places that say they've got $70 million or $68 million in cap space. That's, that's a little high uh, because you've got a – that doesn't necessarily uh, account for the full 51-person roster plus the allocation for the draft picks, and they've got two first-round picks, so Josh Schrock has a more accurate estimate. Uh, which will probably come in the $55 million range. But nevertheless, the Bears have the third most cap space of any team in the NFL heading into the offseason, plus two picks in the top ten, plus whatever they get, obviously, from trading Justin Fields or the number one overall pick. In this particular moment, I'm ready for a new free safety for the Bears who tackles with a little more authority. Um, That's not the only requirement of the job, though. A lot of communication Uh, Some leadership, obviously the ball hawking skills and the coverage skills, but the tackling has been a problem even when he kind of rededicated himself to it. And it's just, there's a lot of free agents out there. We'll talk about them, you know, later on in the offseason, whether it's Cameron Curl of the Washington Commanders or Julian Blackman of the Colts, Jordan Fuller of the Rams. Like there's a bunch of free agent safeties in their 20s who have better tackling relationships who may or may not fit the scheme. And I, I suspect that's where they will go to get a starting safety. How about you? Where they will go, probably. But it's such a young secondary, and they've got a lot of draft picks. I could easily see them drafting one, too. And, you know, slot, I, and slotting a draft pick in there, a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick? Yeah, with, with, the, with the idea being that with Brisker and Jalen and Tyreek and Kyler, there's enough talent to help them along a little bit. You know, so I, I, I honestly, I could see that going either direction just based on how Ryan Poles views the free agent class versus the board. I, It's too early for me to say, like, that there's a great fourth-round free safety that I'm going to get up on the table for. Like, that's, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But... I think just what we've been talking about with the the positional value, uh, I I do think that a low-cost veteran or a mid-round draft pick, they're going to fill the position with a starter without making a massive investment in the position, either way. What I thought was interesting in our conversation with Dave Wanstead is how quickly he went to the idea of maybe Tyreek Stevenson moving to safety, Terrell Smith. Yeah, I disagree with that. Well, but remember, Wani knows Eberflus and knows folks up there, and he kind of— Hung on to it and talked about it as a as a possibility. So I, I, I don't know. Didn't didn't strike me as just kind of random spitballing from Wani. So I mean, and he said and he said it before. It's a it's a premium draft pick that they used on Tyreek Stevenson. It is. So that'd be another premium draft pick used on a safety. 
if he ends up there. Well, if they, he, if, they it, if they love Terrell Smith, you know, it, you you need a lot of corners. Yes, you do. You you, you need a lot of corners. It's not like Terrell Smith can't play. Did you know that Malcolm Jenkins, the great free safety for the Saints and then the Eagles, started as a corner? One of many, many longtime high-level safeties yeah. who started as corners. So it's, it like, does... it's like the guys who start at shortstop and then end up at second base or third. You know, it's uh, a lot of them play corner, more premium position, and then they end up at safety or they play it in college or high school and then end up transitioning over. They get bigger, whatever the case may be. So there's de- – obviously Dave Wanstead knows a thousand times more about defensive football than I did, but corner's just such a more valuable position. And Tyreek Stevenson looked awesome at it. He did. A texter says, what about Antoine Winfield? That guy's going to sign for an enormous amount of money. Yeah. And stay in Tampa. I'd be surprised if he does not. He had a great year. It's turned into a great one. Did you guys I, see who he was in Vegas with at a Super Bowl party? Antoine no. Winfield? Yeah. Jordan Love. Ugh. Oh. Ugh. I, that's Man, unfortunate. They're probably going to have to add somebody this offseason. Thanks, Tanny. Yeah, that's great. Love you. Um, just reporting the news. Yeah, no, yeah, no you are. Yeah. Uh, and while I'd be surprised... Eddie Jackson back on a much cheaper contract. I can't rule it out. Can't rule it out. If he if he likes the system, the players like him. I mean, you asked a great question to Jalen Johnson before week 18 uh, about Eddie Jackson and the possibility of it being their last game together. I think for me, it's been it's it's been a heck of a journey. I think with Eddie, and I've learned to. I've learned to 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 grow and to understand Eddie, and I think really I think coming in to the league it was Eddie Jackson, and he had just got paid like I, the Eddie Jackson I know now versus Eddie Jackson I knew when I got into the league. I feel like is it's two totally different guys, and I think just being able to really grow with him as players and stuff on the field. I mean, me and Eddie used to get into it. He used to say like just say little Ricky things or you ain't been in it long enough. Da, da, da. And it's like it's always been always been love and like. A certain push, but I think too now just being able to develop a certain chemistry and respect for Eddie, I think is something that I I'd always appreciate if it is our last game. But just always having that because I mean, there's times where, quite honestly, we we do things off script where there's things that we'll see and I'll look and I'll be like, hey Eddie, we gonna do this or we gonna do that? Or we gonna two two man this or we gonna do this? Or if he does this and you take it, I'm gonna take this or you. So I mean, just being able to have that chemistry with a safety like that, I can go get the ball that you can be um in sync with i think that's a special that's a special thing and i've been able to get that i think really since my second year and i think too he he's learned to trust me as well being able to go out there and perform and do and play the game at the highest level so i mean just really that and then also too just growing spiritually i mean we've had plenty of conversations about our relationship with god just how we can grow closer as men as men together and just helping each other we we pray we started a prayer circle every day as a practice so i mean we just We've just been we we've, we've been in it. We've been through it. I mean, of course, we, it hasn't been too many wins and things like that. But through the adversity, through the good times, I feel like me and Eddie always been solid. So I mean, I feel like if if he was to leave, I think that'll definitely be 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 hard on me. Because I mean, I've I've had a lot of older guys leave, but I think with him leaving, considering the time spent, considering things we've done on and off the field, I think that'll be I think that'll be probably the hardest the hardest move. Got my phone. I think that would be the hardest move for me, um, honestly. But I think just his presence on the field, I think he's just a guy that brings a lot of confidence 
to the team, brings a lot of confidence to our defense and to our secondary. So I think if if it is his last one, I know his presence will definitely be missed. Dropped his phone like a couple of those pick sixes, you know what I mean? Um, no, that was a great answer, man. That was a that was an excellent answer. Right? It, it's, it's, it Jones. speaks to the evolution of the relationship and just how deep it can get and how deep it, 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 it has to be in order to improvise and do some of the things you do on the field. This is, this is a loss. You know, it's, it's definitely a loss to the, 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 the chemistry and the connectedness of that defense. And I still think it's, by, it's pretty clearly the right decision. Yeah, I don't – it's pretty clear based on how much money he was making, how valuable the position is, and the incomplete nature – of his game that he just he was incredible in 2018 Mm -hmm. he looked like he was going to be that ball hawk that would get it but then he went through that crazy streak with no takeaways and uh he just wasn't the consistent difference maker that we thought that he was going to be it's not as much as i thought did you see how much it is his 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 contract is the dead cap hit here for 2024 well, it's what it's what the cap hit would have been, not the dead cap hit. The oh. dead cap is the number that they have to pay that he's not on the team. Oh, right, 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 right. It's right. what the cap hit would have been. I'm misreading. They're saving. They're saving almost thirty million dollars. Yeah. With, the two, with White Hair and Eddie Jackson gone. I'm missing. The, uh, I'm looking at the spot track, um, and it's already updated. Yeah, so exactly. That, yeah, that's yeah. my bad. No, so, so, so the, it's that, five. That, it's, that, it's less than six million of a dead cap hit, but it's still five point five. Yeah. That's that. That's that's why that's why they can do it. Because the cap hit, I for, I honestly do forget what it, but I believe I think it was over twice that. I think he was like a ten or eleven million dollar. Uh, I mean, honestly, it was probably a little bit more than that. Now that I'm thinking about it, but mm-hmm. he so five million dollars to cut him versus eight figures to keep him. So they'll they'll add a free safety for less than that difference and save significant money and hopefully get better production. Uh, at the position so yeah when the dead cap number gets low that's when it's easier to move on from the guy because the the savings are pretty significant yeah there you go Um, so he but again to speak to the person and how he what he meant to the team and what the bears meant to him and how he is probably interested in coming back he got the jeff dickerson good guy award uh from the media this was one of his last press conferences as a member of the bears what does it mean to you to be a bear Oh, man, it means everything, man. Like, just coming here from Alabama, man, the tradition of it, um, the history, rich, man, it's just everything is just so – it's it's family-oriented. Like, if you walk through that lobby, man, you see all those Hall of Famers on the wall. It's just, man, like, that's the goal. Um, and just to see the type of tradition that the Bears has built, you know, one of the first organizations. So it's it just means a lot. Um, and for me to be here for seven years and watch – you know, different coaches come, um, different GM, different players. Um, and you build those relationships with them, and you learn from the older guys. And, you know, it's for me to pass it down to the younger guys and just see how I can affect someone um, just by being around them, just your presence, a conversation. Um, it means everything to me, and I, and, I, and I love it. I enjoy it. Um, and I don't take it for granted. Um, as you know, I've been hurt before, so – just being away from the team and being away from the building, it's just, it takes a toll on you. So you have to live in that moment and really appreciate it for the moment that you have here. And to that end, nobody knows what the future holds. Have you allowed yourself to think that this might be the last Sunday that you walk on a soldier field in a, in a Bears uniform? Um, not really. I know guys keep asking me that. It's like, I'm living in the moment, man. Like I'm, I'm appreciating the guys and, 
just being around like Tremaine, those guys, TJ, D-Walk, like all the new guys and new faces on the team and just the relationship we built within a year, man, it's like, it's crazy. Um, so I haven't really thought about it. Um, you know, Lord willing, I hope I'm here uh, next year. But like I said, man, God always has a plan. So I feel like I always land on my feet. Um, I hope it's here. You know, I know how it works in the business. I wish I can be here my whole entire career, but we know how this thing works. But it's just, you got to live in a moment. You know, you got two more games, guaranteed. Like I said last time, like I'm guaranteed two more games as a Chicago Bear. So I'm going to live in that moment. I'm going to appreciate every moment of it. You know, Dan, Dan, Dan made a good, I was going to say, Dan made a good point about all the stuff you've seen in your time here. What was this season like? I mean, start with the winless start, you lose your coordinator, yeah. you've seen the winning come back. How would you describe this season? I feel like it was one of the most craziest seasons I had, honestly. And I told the guys that, like, I never experienced nothing like that. Like, losing a coordinator, um, the season off to, you know, not the type of start we thought we was going to have, then guys going down, getting banged up, me going out, missing six games. Um, then another coach resigned. It was just it was just so, so crazy. But one thing we learned is, like, you know, um, destruction comes first, you know, like, Things has to be teared down for for you to see the glory of it in the end. So I feel like it's something bright, honestly, man. Like it's it's something good coming to this team, um, and that's just like with life. You know, when you go through troubles and tri trials and tribulations through life, man. At the end of that tunnel is always light. So I feel like it's something special with this team, man. And it sucks that we we caught fire um, late in the season, especially as a defense. But like I said, certain things you can't control, man, with the injuries and things like that. But I mean, it's it's definitely been a different season for us, and I feel like every player in that locker room would tell you this is probably one of the craziest seasons that they experienced. Man, fifteen interceptions, ten forced fumbles, and three pick sixes for Eddie Jackson, and it wasn't all good, man. I mean, obviously he peaked in twenty eighteen; that was incredible. But uh, good pull by Tanny. This was this was George McCaskey after twenty twenty one. Not thrilled, even if not that direct, with uh, some of the tackling physicality uh, efforts by Eddie Jackson. On the defensive side of the ball, I would point to this season, game one, one of our defenders fails to touch down a receiver who's on the ground. And in game 17, one of our defenders fails to touch down a receiver who's on the ground. Ouch. That was, that was a bad one. Ouch. That was a bad moment. That was awfully specific. Yes. <laughs> to to yeah. a very dark moment of the season. Yeah. Led to, led to coaching firings. I mean, that was that, that was in the context of coaching. Yeah, it was but, in the context of discipline and a team that's trying hard yeah. and knows what to do and, 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 and all of that. But, yeah, that was uh, awfully specific. From, and uh, for from Whitehair, George. it was an even easier call. They were both very easy calls because of the money. But Whitehair... Tevin Jenkins and Nate Davis are younger and better, and he couldn't play safety, and Whitehair was expensive. Couldn't play center. Right. Center, 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 right. excuse me, obviously. Yeah. I'd like to see him at safety. Yeah, I would not. I'd like to <laughs> see him on. play safety for the Packers instead of Winfield. Where's your sense of adventure? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you, dude? My bad. Go ahead. Let's let's give it a shot. No, he couldn't play center. That was clear. And he wasn't starting at guard anymore. So yeah, yeah. And so expensive. And so interior line is a big, big need. Center and maybe a guard later in the draft. I know they like Jatari Carter, and he could be your backup, your swing guard. But they'll yeah. They'll find I don't, one. I don't know because I mean I think they gave Nate Davis nineteen million guaranteed before last year. Oh yeah, he's not going and then, anywhere. And then Tevin Jenkins is borderline Pro Bowl. Yeah, really good. So, but he has trouble staying healthy. That's been an issue all the time. Yeah, I mean, you always need depth at that position. They will draft somebody, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. uh, I, my guess is they might add like two centers. You know, a two interior a, linemen who can play center. Two interior linemen who can play center. Exactly, because that was the issue. Yeah, Dan Feeney. The, Dan Feeney. Thanks so much. But yeah, Lucas lo- Patrick. Thanks love, so much. Love right? your was, mustache. Yeah, it was they. You you can find a guy who could be a backup guard, but who can consistently snap the ball to your next quarterback or Justin Fields? That's going to be your issue. You know who's got two centers and has been playing them both lately? The Bulls. That's right. That's right. It's a good unit. I think Andre Drummond could line up between Tevin Jenkins. I mean, my God, the fear. The fear that that man would create. See, the problem with that, though, is throwing over him. Well, you know who definitely couldn't? Caleb, Caleb. Williams. <laughs> Justin Fields maybe has a better shot. Maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, he's about an inch and a half, two inches taller than him. Although we don't know. Caleb hasn't measured in at the combine yet. Maybe he's a, maybe he's a fake six-foot-one. It's possible. Caleb, yeah, oh, yeah, no, people, uh, the Caleb haters out there, or the Justin lovers. Um, yeah, they've, they've got him being, five they've 11. got him being Kyler Murray. Yes, yeah, that he's Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, I don't think he's Kyler Murray. No, but he's not, uh, you know. But he's not Ben Roethlisberger. He's not Ryan Mallett. <laughs> no. no. I've been this size, uh, you know, respectfully my, my whole life. <laughs> yeah. That's Bryce Young. But that ended up being a problem. Part of the problem, anyway. Yes, one, yes, a part of the problem. I think, I, I think Ryan Mallett is deceased, so I'm going to have really? to. Really? Yeah, I believe so. Oh. Didn't he pass away? I think it was a, 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 a surprise, but. Uh, well, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Died at 35 last June, so rest in peace to Ryan Mallett. So you're going to use a different name now I need for, a different... for big quarterbacks? Ah. There's a lot of <laughs> options you could go with. For tall quarterbacks? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of them. Why don't you go with Mike Glennon? I, I I could go with Mike Glennon, but I think of more. I mean, he was like it's he neck. was he was like six four without the neck, you know, and like six nine with the neck. But Mike Glennon has been battling all camp to secure the backup quarterback job. Right now, he's ahead by a neck. Oh yeah, the giraffe, the ginger well, a, giraffe. That deserved a rim shot, but. That's okay. <laughs> you can't hold the neck against him in a hike. If I say to you, hey, what's the tallest animal you think of? You think giraffe. It's yeah, but, but it's kind of cheating when the neck is, is that much, right? Why? It's kind of like, like when the tallest building in the world is the tallest building in the world because, like, the because antenna the... the antenna on the top is, like, an yeah. extra, you know, 40 stories or whatever. Right. It's like, come on, architect. Stop being so lazy. Yeah. Well, it's just mm-hmm. a cheat. Except the height of building that you actually are. At that point, right. I'm all about fairness in height contests, Danny. Famously, I always yeah. Have that's been. what you're known for. That is what you're known for. Yeah. Oh, Kobe White is turning into something. We will discuss. He got incredible praise last night, and I mean, you know me, long time big hockey guy. 
I'm walking out personally with this Bedard news. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Put him in the hole. Put him in the hole of fame. Parkinson Spiegel to the wreck. Killed it in a foul. We're going to crank it up nonstop. Wow. Now it's Sorosin time. They pinch him with a double. They go to Kobe. Right side from the tie. Yes! Big time! Big time, Onions! That's a great shot right there. Great recognition by DeMar to see the double come and drop it off quickly. Kobe with a right side three. He's got 30. Interesting Bulls game last night. Good test going into the break against one of the three or four best teams, depending on your perspective, in the Eastern Conference. The uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, Danny, 18-2 and two in their last 20 games. And the Bulls took him right to the end, and Kobe White had a chance to win the game late with the Bulls down three, and Billy Donovan drew up the play for him, and he obviously deserved it, and they needed three, and he had had a monster second half. And he, didn't, he missed it. It was a good look. It was deep. It was over Jared Allen. It was 27-28 footer. But I like that they drew it up for him. Absolutely. But my first question to you is, if they were down two, would they have? Um, That's what I was thinking about. Great question. It's a great question. He was, he was the best player on the team in the second half. It was a it was a mono a mono matchup a lot with him and Donovan Mitchell, and he outscored him. He deserved it, but I think if it would have been a two for the tie, DeRozan's been their closer. I think they would have still gone to the veteran. I don't know. It, it's but it's it's certainly certainly possible. Certainly, that, certainly that, possible. I, I thought that the second it happened, mm-hmm. I was like, huh. I'm really glad we got to see him get that shot. And it's, you know, we've, how many times have we heard Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant say, you know, it's, I've missed more game winners than I've made, you know, but it's, but it's about knowing that in the huddle, you're going to be the guy who gets the ball and, and it's, it's reps like that. That is a huge thing. If guys are really going to elevate to all-star superstar level is defense knows it. 19,000 people in the building know it, your teammates know it, and you deliver or you don't. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's an interesting thing, and we'll have to see what happens when it is a two-pointer because Kobe has shown the ability to create space and get to the rim at either side and, and make his own shot, but it's the threes that have separated him, and this was the three-point spread. Um, it's a good question. A couple things about this, though. One, DeMar after the game on, on, on like, it, uh, Kobe getting the shot, DeMar as as – as I've like known and then we've been able to see is so happy and willing to be this guy. If Kobe gets a shot and he was that way sometimes with Zach too, but DeMar said, I love it. I wish it went in for him. Kobe deserves those moments. He's a big time player, big time shot maker and creator. That was the shot. He asked me if he could have taken another dribble or pump fake. He said, and and I told him, man, I live with that shot a hundred times a day. So Good support from DeMar, but as I know you heard, and we should make sure listeners heard, this was Kobe White talking about the opportunity, what it meant to him, and just, you know, how it all went down to get that shot and to miss it after the game. Just looking back and, and reflecting on, you know, this year and the past years, you know, the steps that I've made to being able to be trusted in those moments is, is huge for me. But like I said, I'm kind of – you know, pissed off. I didn't make the shot, obviously. Um, I felt like I got a pretty good look look at it. So just, like I said, learn from it. And, and just next time I'm in that moment, just, just you know, be mentally mentally ready, uh, mentally prepared for it. 
It's good, man. That's what I'm talking about. He he needs reps. This team is going nowhere. I know they don't want to admit it. And even I yes, I consider the play in game nowhere. So sink or swim with him. Sink or swim with the twenty four, twenty five year old kid who's in his fifth year in the league who's emerging into a top-five finisher for most improved player who will go into next year thinking that he can make an all-star team. Mm -hmm. Get 27 games of data with him as your number-one offensive option and telegraph it to the opposing team almost, and let's see if he can overcome it and he can be successful and he can have a couple of game winners between now and the end of the year. He's had a bunch of moments as a playmaker, too. You know, yeah, he's, he's, it's very impressive to watch. Yeah, like drawing, drawing attention and then kicking out to other people and creating. And, man, I was with the ESPN broadcast last night just because I wanted to see what Doris Burke thought of this bunch, you know, as of right now. And she kept commenting on how connected the Bulls are as currently structured in, 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 constructed on defense and offense, how Billy likes working with the group. And, man, she was just so impressed with Kobe White. All night long, just at every step of the way, like, wow, he's been playing great, but I haven't seen him like this and watching him be a facilitator. And you you saw what Donovan Mitchell said. Right? Yeah, the Donovan Mitchell quote is something to file away. He said on Kobe White, he said, he's gotten better. To see the growth, the confidence, you can see it in his eyes. There, There's a look like he belongs here. He deserves to be playing like this. I have the utmost respect for his game and for him. That's pretty badass from a lead guard who is, you know, a max player and deservedly so in this league. Yeah, I mean, he's a – exactly. He's a he's a max contract guy. He's a top scorer on a top contender in the Eastern Conference. Um, and, I mean, that's also – I read this, I think it was in Darnell Mayberry, he made the connection. The last time that they played the Cavs, Kobe White had seven turnovers. So the last time Donovan Mitchell got to see Kobe White wasn't as good of a game. But he files it away. He comes through. He gets that level of respect. It's, um, it doesn't always translate. It doesn't always matter. Remember, Zach Levine got a ton of praise from superstars out of Team USA in the Olympics. Yep, I remember but, that. I mean, Kevin, but Kevin Durant talked about Alex Caruso in a way that was like, oh, damn. It's one of the... I don't know, 20 greatest basketball players of all time talking about Alex Caruso like he was in complete awe. He went for like two minutes extemporaneously about Caruso's game. You know, these guys, when these guys give praise, obviously it's a fraternity and a union and a brotherhood, but there Mm -hmm. is something to it. And uh, it was was a good night for Kobe White, even with a miss. Just the fact that he got it, 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 it's a a good night. Want to play one more Kobe White here? Um, Sure. Because he... They had some bad possessions, whether it was um, a Vooch shot at one point. There was kind of like a a, a quick and awkward uh, three uh, at one point. And then in the final minute, Kobe cut into the middle and tried to throw it to Vooch, who had started to cut, and it was a terrible turnover in the final minute. And apparently, DeMar and Kobe went immediately to a laptop and in the locker room and had the video coordinator rewind it and slow it down several times, and they watched it together. DeMar and Kobe watched it together. So by the time Kobe was asked about it from the media, he was able to talk about it like this. If I think I slow down, I can make the right read. Um, I thought Vooch was going to pop. 
to the three. But he made the right play while coming in because I had took on Mobley. I knew he was going to be hard to finish over him. So I think if I just if I put the pass on the money, he got a layup or he got one of his little floaters that'd be automatic. So I feel like in those moments, I just had to slow down a little bit more and just make the right read. I think I, I, my intentions was right finding Vooch. He was open because I took Garland and I took DG and Mobley. Um, I just got to make the pass. I got to slow down. I feel like I was too frantic. How, uh, I mean, I asked Billy this too. I mean, you guys have had so many competitive games, so many clutch games that fall under that category. But at the same time, you still go into the break three games under 500, still in that ninth spot. What do you guys need to do to get over that hump and, and to become more competitive? Or, or are you guys just going to kind of stay stuck in that play in turn? Well, I think we, these moments are good for us. We're planning, you know, obviously, we, we, we got to find a way to get over the hump. I think we will um, find a way to get over the hump. Um, use this break as a mental reset. Uh, enjoy the time with your family, friends, whatever it may be, vacations, whatever our guys is doing. But um, we're a competitive team and we want to win. So and we got all the right guys to do it. Um, so for us, we just got to figure it out. I think the more we're in those moments, the, the better we're, we're getting. Um, like I said, tonight's loss, I feel like that play, those moments define the game. And I feel like that moment defined the game. So for me, you know, I got to, I got to, take it on the chin, you know, and, uh, you know, digest it, learn from it, and just be better next time. I thought he was just super impressive, man, like accountable and honest and open about it and knowing, like, what you were saying, like, these are opportunities, these are reps you got to have. And this is, uh, this is, a, this is a, a cornerstone piece. Not, I'm not saying he's a superstar, but, man, you could, you could win a lot of games with that guy as a, as a creator and and scorer, especially with the work ethic that he's shown and the accountability that he's that he's showing as he gets more opportunities here. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know that he's a superstar either, but I don't know that he's not. Yeah, right. I mean, it happens. That's the thing. It happens in this league. It it happens. It's a it's a there's there's more talent than there are minutes, and guys don't develop linearly. You need reps, so it it can't be ruled out i don't I, I wouldn't bet on it but i don't know like over under career all-star games for kobe white 0.5 oh i'll take the over on that right it it feels like he's got a real shot to be an all-star caliber player for sure well then if you have a chance to be an all-star caliber player and you're in your early to mid 20s uh-huh. all you got to do is get 10 percent better and you're a superstar. Danny, did you uh, happen to see the Lakers box score for those um, those pieces that didn't come our way in a Zach Levine trade, which maybe wasn't going to happen, but certainly wasn't going to happen when he was hurt? Rui Hachimura last night had 36 points. 30, mm. 36 points. D'Angelo Russell had 11 points, 17 assists, and nine rebounds. Almost a triple-double for D'Angelo Russell in the absence of LeBron both those guys, um, either one as a centerpiece of a Zach trade with a pick or two assets added in would have been would have been worth it for me just to remove. I don't. I don't know. I mean, you know who would not have the ball as much if D'Angelo Russell was here? Oh yeah, it's Kobe White. That'd be Kobe White. I that one does it. That that one never made much sense to me. D'Angelo. Okay. Yeah, that one never made much sense. To I me. do like Rui though. Sure. I yeah. It's just. Kobe White is the reason to watch this thing right now. And That's D'Angelo for sure. Russell, D'Angelo Russell needs the ball in his hands. So I don't – that one does not make a lot of sense. But it doesn't matter because you can't trade the injured guy. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Been a long four hours. Afternoons on the score. I think I can definitely credit that to uh, what we call skull sessions in the, in the summer. 
What uh, sessions? I'm sorry. Skull. Like, yeah. like, like your skull. Like that. That's what oh, we call it. That's what we call skull. it. I'm like skull. Like, like, we, call it, we call it skull. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. God, he was so close. Mark Grody. One of those skull sessions. We're putting our heads together. Mark Grody will put his head together. Some great sports thoughts. He follows us today at 6 o'clock. And it's the return of On the Clock. Fridays from 6 to 7. Hey, man, Paul's position doesn't exist without On the Clock existing. They go hand in hand. I suppose that's true. If you missed our Paul's position segment from earlier in the day, you could use the rewind feature. Go back and check it out. By the way, baseball coverage on the score. Spring training, it's underway. To get started, download the Odyssey app, search 670 to score, tap on recent episode of the show. Latest news on the Cubs and White Sox, it's all there for you. And, of course, come to our QB1 Town Hall. If you want to come, just text 312-644-6767. We'll send you the link where you can register for a shot to appear at our Town Hall on the 21st, which is next Wednesday from 2 to 6 p.m. So be nice. We'd like to uh, bring a bunch of members of the mob into the studio and uh, come hang out with us on that day. And it's uh, there's a lot of very strong polarizing opinions. It's kind of fun to turn on the TV and see the Bears being talked about nationally all the time and being talked about in a way that's positive. Hey, if they trade the pick and build around Justin, good things for the Bears. They draft Caleb and trade Justin. Good things for the Bears. They're 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl right now. Whew. That's not, not as, that ridiculous. That's not as bad as uh as they've been for several years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Seven win team gonna add a significant amount in free agency and the draft and presumably upgrade at quarterback, whether or not it's Justin getting better with a bunch of talent around him or Caleb uh just being the better player overall with the higher ceiling. It's mm-hmm. Things are happening, man. Positivity. I I enjoyed envisioning the offense with DJ Moore and one of those blue chip wide receivers, um, as we talked about during Poles Pause. What do you guys think about that? Poles Pause? How do we feel about that? Poles Pause for short? (laughs) Yeah. PP. Earlier today on PP. Mm. How do we we feel about PP? Yeah? No. Oh, come on. No, it's getting what, somewhere. What's wrong? It's kind of fun to say Paul's position. It is, it is. But you know, I, I I like to be efficient, Danny. I don't have all the time in the world. I got I got places to go. I got words to say. I got points to make. You know what I mean? Did you, you make know. any? Did you make any uh, NBA wagers with the the wife out of town watching late night hoops last night? I did. I did. I didn't bring them up to you because I didn't win. So I did, ah, I didn't, you're I didn't one of those guys. Yeah. Only post your winning tickets tonight, though. As uh, as it extends, um, you know, my week without the wife tonight poker let's go good for you the see look at you gambling on the nba gambling <laughs> on cards whatever the friendly game that uh, happens most thursdays that i haven't been to in gosh two months three months i get to go to tonight and uh-oh <laughs> i'll let you know al i'll let you know hey, direct. Hey, direct. Good for you, man. we'll talk about it more tomorrow but uh the dart is back. Yes, he is. And I already—I've had tickets for a month for the game Saturday. I'm taking Owen to his first uh, winter sport event. I would have been—you know—I'm a bigger Bulls fan than Hawks fan, but mm-hmm. Bulls don't have a daytime game the whole year. So Hawks had a Saturday 2:30 game. So 
very excited. Little Owen Dada adventure. Oh, that's just the two of you? Just the two of us. Yeah, it was. You can uh, make it if you try. It was that's a birthday nice. present from me to him for his uh, for his fourth birthday. Wow. So, gonna go gonna go to the UC. I remember, you know, my dad taking me to the UC. It's a Chicago Stadium, rather, to a to a Hawks game. Eddie Belfort chants the whole thing. So. Very much looking forward to uh, recreating the memory that, with, that, with Owen on Saturday. That's awesome. And um, I hope you see one or two things that, from Bedard that very few people in the world can do. Because that, that's what's returning to your television tonight yeah. and for you on Saturday. is You watch the whole game. You're bound to see at least one or two moments where you're like, oh, my God. Wow. In terms of stick handling and just kind of seeing the ice and vision. And all of that, but you'll also see that he's uh, very small and slight and gets uh, shoved around a bit. I think Owen's just pumped for the soft serve ice cream. Oh, yeah, I don't think Owen's going to notice any of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's going <laughs> to, you know, it could be kind of cool when he's like 15. If he's a if he's a Hawks fan. Absolutely. Dude, your first game was Bedard's rookie year. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So, you know, looking forward to it. We'll talk about it a little bit more uh, tomorrow. Thank you to Dave Wanstead who was spectacular on the show, as was Jarrett Payton. Connor O'Donnell, Kevin Lafka, Twitch chat, video stream. Thank you, sirs. Shane Reardon is our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Sean Sears, I believe, was in, helping out as well. We appreciate it, Sean. Is that right? No? Maybe? Sure. Yeah. Right. You're right. Excellent. Yeah. Ray Diaz hung around and helped with uh, the vibes, if nothing less. No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Chris Tannehill, making us sound better than we are each and every day. Mark Grody follows us. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins and Spiegel. This is the score. If I have to listen to him, I'd rather go to the bathroom and throw up. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.